Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. It's a t- Monday, Monday. Monday. Today's Monday. I got the yeah. day fucking right. <laughs> it takes a while. It's a Monday. It's a hot one too. I went, I, I wasn't really doing much today in terms of work, at least at the first part of the day. And I'm like, let me, because I worked all weekend. I was teaching a course all weekend. And I'm like, let me go on my motorcycle and rip it up a little bit. And so I went out for like an hour. Pause. He hemmed it hawed for 90 minutes before no, 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 going. No, 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 no. That was this that was round 2 that I hemmed and hawed. Did so you ra- cook? Round 1, I I I went out and I went out for an hour or so, which is not much in the city. I mean, you fucking go around the block and like with traffic there's an hour. Mm. And so the second time I came back and I'm like I'm not finished yet, but I think I am, but I'm not, but I was look at the weather. I'm like it's going to rain and I hate being on my bike in the rain, especially because I, I I made I bobbed my bike. I made it into a bobber. So the fender, the rear fender is like a shorty fender. In other words, it, it doesn't protect you for anything. It's like a little kid riding, you know, through the dirt, and you get this streak uh, right up your back. Yeah, yeah. So I'm riding, I'm riding, and I'm seeing bad weather. So I just start ripping east. Like I'm on the 401 now, going east, thinking I'm just going to outrun this this rain cloud. And then I realize, what the fuck am I going to do? Am I going to keep going east? Like I'm just going to end up in <laughs> I'm just going to end up in Kingston, which is a bad idea. Cause I just have to turn around and come back. So I decided to get off the 401 and then start to come back. But locally, at least I can do something, you know, just have a little fun local. Yeah, as soon as I got off the highway and turned around to come local, I parked (laughs) under a fucking bridge. I parked under the 401 at Salem and I just sat there, soaked already but then everyone's riding by just get me wet but at least i'm not getting the big downfall because i'm under a bridge and i just sat there for a while and here i am <laughs> calling him and texting him i told my first two clients of the day i'm like i think i lost my husband they're like what do you mean i'm like i'm not sure where he is he went out on a motorcycle in the rain i don't know if he's coming back and oh. then i decided i'm already wet so when the rain slowed down a little bit i'm like let me just get on and ride so now i'm soaked and now I'm thinking, well, I don't want to go home because we live in a condo. And the last thing I like to do is like park my bike soaking wet, get in the elevator soaking wet. It's just the whole thing's just a <laughs> shitstorm. So I'm like, you know what? The sun's coming back out. I'm just going to keep riding until I'm dry. <laughs> and that. In this heat? Yeah, did that, that happen? Happened. That oh, happened. it happened. It was oh. about 45 minutes. Then I ended up, uh, I pulled into uh, the parking lot down at the beach and I got off my bike. I'm like, I'm dry everywhere with, with the exception of the bottom of my feet. And you're and but, my ass. Yeah. And I'm like, now I can't even just go enjoy the beach because like I'm just walking around like I'm in a wet diaper. <laughs> but anyway, that was my day. Tell us about yours, guest. Actually, why don't we do why don't we do what we always do? Sorry. Like a proper introduction. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just went mental. That's okay. You were allowed to vent about your day. It was a little bit ridiculous. That wasn't a vent. That was an in, it, that was me celebrating. That's what that was. Celebrating. I got the vent. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey everyone, it's Amanda, and my day was not that exciting. I was here treating clients all day. So okay, fine. That was exciting, I guess. And uh now we're recording possibly an unprofessional professional hour because lately we like to just see where things go but it might be it might turn into an unprofessional hour so we'll start it off saying that it is an unprofessional hour <laughs> and we've got Izzy on the couch today. Well the today. last couple of professional hours we did I'm not gonna lie we titled them that or we thought we were gonna record that and they weren't so unprofessional.
unprofessional. No, the one with Jessica was an unprofessional hour for sure. There was some yeah, legit was discussion a, there, though. That was a I listened to that but one. That was even a while back. I mean, since then, we've recorded two that were attempts at an unprofessional hour, and they weren't so unprofessional hours. Well, I think at this point in the game, every episode we do is semi-unprofessional and semi-educational, so I don't even mm. think we need to make a distinction anymore. So let's just see where the discussion with Izzy goes today. Like She's that. a RMT who lives uh, just north of us here. We're neighbors and uh, also teaches yoga and Pilates, which is kind of cool. We were sort of chatting about yoga because I am a novice. I wouldn't say that I'm, I don't know. I do yoga a few times a week because it's fun. Everyone's a novice in their own right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm less yeah. than a novice. <laughs> what's, what's more novice than novice? I don't uh, think you just be. don't do it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, before we get the started, pants. I don't then, know if I can sport Lulu's. You do know. not have to wear Lulu. I don't even really? own Lululemon pants. Fact. I don't shop there. For Good anyone for listening, you. I have a severe dislike for Lululemon. I'm sorry if you're a fan. I'm not into it. Sorry, Lululemon. I'm calling you out. I will not buy lululemon well there goes the potential sponsorship there it goes out <laughs> the window over nice. hey listen when i first opened my studio um there was a new lululemon that had just opened up at uh markville mall mm-hmm. and so they were scouting for ambassadors mm. and so if anyone from lululemon is listening to this right now I, i've completely shot my chance of being an ambassador ever in my life and not that i ever want to be but um, anyways, <laughs> looks like I'm not alone. That was no, aggressive. No, you're, you're not. You're not why, alone. Why, why don't we like Lululemon? No, but just wait. I'll explain to you what happened. So they came to my studio. They called, came to my studio, made made it sound all exciting that the manager was going to bring her staff for a class. And of course, the class was free. Of course. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I have like eight people coming to my class. I'm teaching the class. I don't teach what would be considered to be conventional, traditional yoga. I throw in, you know, functional movement. I throw in Pilates in there, whatever. So it's a well-rounded class and it's, you know, a relatively intelligent class where you're going to feel almost like, it's almost like a physiotherapy class. That's what it's been, my classes have been compared to, right? So cool. They left, they were, they left, they weren't, they were not impressed. Oh, I did not hear from them again. Like I had them using dowels and we did some pulling on blankets. We did some body surfing. Like it was lots of fun. And my regular students love my classes. If I do say something, my classes rock if I do Mm -hmm. say so myself. (laughs) But um, yeah, I mean, people who know me, they know what to expect. But these, you know, these Lulu people came in expecting, I guess, something more classic or traditional. And that's not what I delivered. And yeah, I never heard from them again. Not even a thank you, eh? Not even a thank you, buddy. Fuck you, Lulu. Yeah, yep. that's 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 horrible. So kind of left a bad taste. They're not an inclusive company, which no. I learned very early on. It's um, they they seem a little elitist to me. I'm totally. over it. I do not 100%. buy Lululemon anymore. I used Mm-mm. to. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I used to. Well, yeah, you used to, you. you used to buy me Lululemon it was, stuff because it was always like the great go to. It's like oh Mother's Day Lululemon pants. Oh birthday <laughs> Lululemon pants. Oh Christmas Lululemon pants. Now fuck, I don't know what to do. Now I actually yeah. have to fucking get creative. <laughs> <laughs> Get certificates to a spa. Mm. Oh, there you go. Now you're talking. Like, yeah, <laughs> I think so. 
Anyways, well, that's before, something you can buy online before the day before, get so into that's good. like mm-hmm. you know, the day before, that is actually his MO. I think that's every man. I don't know though. if I like yeah. wearing headphones. See, that's something you would not have picked up on before. <laughs> See? I just would have said you shouldn't that. have put the headphones on me. Now I hear all your mumblings. Yeah. Anyone who does listen to the podcast, when you hear him mumble like that, typically I don't have headphones on. I miss all of that until it plays back. Oh. I don't hear it. Oh, well, this so, should be fun. Yeah. Now I'm going to hear all the shit you say about me under your breath. Turn down. <laughs> anyway, can we finally let our guest introduce herself? Let sure. everybody know a little about you, how long you've been practicing, what kind of therapist you are, slash yoga teacher, Pilates cool. teacher, all the things. Yeah, cool. So I've been an RMT. I'm in my 13th year. Uh, I went to school at what used to be Elmcrest and now it's Brian mm-hmm. at, um, yeah, Lawrence Caledonia. in Caledonia. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was there and I chose that school because the student to teacher ratio was very small. I went back to school at, at 31 years old. Um, I was in retail. I went to school for law. That's another story. Um, but I was sick of working for other people. So I decided to do something where I could be my own boss. And after doing some soul searching, literally, it sounds corny, but I did a lot of journal writing and all that, you know, that hoity-toity woo-woo shit. Um, (laughs) But that's what I did. And it worked. And it directed me in such a way because I knew that I wanted to help people. I just didn't know how. So why do you make it sound so like if, if, if you liked it and it worked and it's, and it's, and it's you and it, why'd you make it sound so kind of, you know, negative or. What? Being an RMT? No, the whole. The hippie stuff. Yeah. Well, wear proudly, man. Get a fucking tattoo across your chest and show that shit The way I got there, right? Like I meditated on it. I, you know, I, I wrote, you know, I did some journal writing. That's cool I did a lot stuff. of it is it is cool. I mean it is cool. And uh, you know, some people s- see it as being kids, a, it's cool. Yeah, okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah we're, we're the cool gang here. See, uh, I understand why she did that though, because again, I don't get it. Because we are in an industry where there's a vast majority of us, like Izzy and I, who totally believe in journaling and yes. meditating. Yes. You know and, what? So do the most fucking successful people in the world. Right. So But we're also in I we we also see what uh the discussions are happening. Mm-hmm. online and we see that there's a lot of people in our industry who think it's all bullshit and yep. so I think she, you know she was just speaking to like I know it sounds cor- you do the same thing when we teach our mindfulness classes you oh, no, always no, no, no. started by saying is, I know this sounds hokey the difference but is, the difference is mm-hmm. I, I, I'm the one that yeah. I, I will say like I will admit this probably does sound hokey and then my follow-up line is always but if the most successful motherfuckers in the world do this kind of shit yeah then maybe yahoos like the rest of us should mm-hmm. really take on some of these things yeah mm-hmm. right so i i use it that way i call it like that to kind of slap you in the face with it to make you realize well, there's an assumption you know, exa- right yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. an assumption and there's you know um like this stigma attached to being a wellness professional, not a doctor, not a chiropractor, not a physiotherapist who are seen to be more sciencey than RMTs, right? You know, um, it's, it's deemed to be a little bit woo woo. And I'm fine with that. I've made, I made peace with that a long time ago, but you know, I, I got into, you know, being a massage therapist because I wanted to help some help people. And I didn't want to go to school forever and ever because I considered med school. Right. And I thought I'm 31 years old. I'm not going to get out of school until I'm 45. So, you know, like I just I didn't want to go that route. Um, But here was the thing here. Here I was at 31 years old and I hadn't taken a science class since I was 15. Mm. I dropped out of grade 10 science. I hated 
science. You hated science. I hated science. Then why did you even consider med school for a minute? Well, right. <laughs> I, wanted to, I wanted to help people. And I wanted to coin. help people. And as you know, and as I'm journal writing, as I'm doing flow charts, as I'm doing brainstorming, and as I'm Googling and I'm the same things kept coming up. And one of the, one of the things that was really consistent was massage therapy. So I looked more into that. Then I did some research on schools, found the school, chose Elmcrest because of mm-hmm. the student teacher ratio and being an adult student, I wanted to make sure that I was going to get the attention that I needed. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and because at the time, science was not a language that spoke to me. Mm. It was very foreign, very, right. very foreign, but I was determined and I wanted to do it. So I had to take, you know, I had to take a, a pre a prerequisite course and obviously I passed that, got into the school and oh, then- I hope so. <laughs> yeah, right? Oh my God. Yeah, I kind of faked it. But, um, or they just let you <laughs> But uh, yeah, so this this is what this is what I I started to do, and then um, do you still have those journals somewhere? Yeah, yeah, they're packed in a box somewhere. You never thought about busting them out, and uh, I should look for them. Yeah, I you also totally by the way, you them. also look like you wear a journaling outfit. I don't know why I'm looking at you like. You put on a hat, or I don't know. I'm staring at me like I'm an idiot. I'm, I'm like, trying to figure out what I'm journaling. Yeah, I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I, I feel like when you do journaling, you you put on something very specific. I don't know why. I don't know why. Well, but, it's usually comfy clothes. Right. Okay. Yeah, you're yeah, you're you're pretty you're pretty right. Yeah, you're pretty, pretty on right. there with my cup of herbal tea and everything. Okay. Like it's again, it's there's that like that stigma, right? <laughs> my herbal, <laughs> herbal tea, tea with the incense and the candles and and all that. Yeah, for sure. Because meditation is part of the process for me as well. So. Um, so yeah, so became an RMT. My first experience. How um, was school though? How was school? Yeah, since you hadn't done science since since hell on earth. Yeah, hell on earth. I mean, I can't tell you how many breakdowns I had. You did you because we would have okay. So my my toughest subject was neurology. Okay, I could not get it. I could not. Get it? Who was teaching neuro? Oh, like, uh, I can't remember her name. Was it was it a Cairo physio massage therapist? No, she was. was she was. She was like a, a science. science she had yeah. She had a science degree. Mm-hmm. She was a science nerd. Um, yeah, she wasn't an RMT. Okay, she was not an RMT. She was purely like yeah. She was science. Um, but I yeah. I I hated it. I dreaded it. Every class we had a quiz that would start off the class. Every single class, and we had neurology. I think twice a week in the mm. beginning. The first the first term. And I would, you know, if I didn't pass the quiz, I mean, it, and like, it wasn't even 5% of our mark. I think each quiz was like 2% of the mark right. of our final grade. Yep. And if I failed that quiz, I would full on have a hyperventilate, hyperventilating nervous breakdown, like crying. Oh my God, what have I done? You know, I quit my job. I was making more than my husband at the time. Like, and now I'm going to school and he's supporting both of us. What? the fuck have I done? Like I like total freakouts on a weekly basis. I'm, I'm feeling anxious right now. And this is not Why? even my own story because oh. it's, that is a terrifying because this is every situation to be. That's a terrifying situation to be in when you are, you're a mature student, yeah. you've got responsibilities, you've got bills to pay and you just threw your money into going to school and then you're second guessing it. Like I totally, I'm, I, I wasn't even in that situation. I'm feeling neurology anxious. Neurology was making you second guess the whole career. Well, it was move. neurology and then our my our first i think it was the second week of classes our first palpation class mm-hmm. anatomy palpation class and all it was i'll never i tell the story to all of my teacher trainees in my yoga teacher training program because of the the level of freak out right so i had the neurology freakouts on a weekly basis mm-hmm. and then i'll never forget my first palpation class 
So our teacher, Julie, Julie Bucci, she's she's like, okay, we're going to do, you know, the scapula because that's the easiest one to do. So my partner, who I'm still friends with, by the way, Ming, shout out to Ming. Love you, buddy. Um, <laughs> he got on the table face down. So here's his bare back. And I'm just standing there and I'm like, I don't know what to do. I don't. He's like, Izzy, just put your hands on me. I'm like, I don't know what to do. He's like, just put your hands on my back. I'm like, I can't. I can't. I thought I was going to throw up. I started like... Like, I sound like a, t- a total neurotic mess to you guys, I'm sure. But you, you anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is, this was me. And he was like, he's like, Izzy, just do it. It's no big deal. Just put your hands on my back and everything will come. I'm like, so I'm like, fine. So I literally like slap my hands on his back. He's like, okay. He's like, do you feel anything? I don't know what I'm feeling for. What the fuck should I be feeling? Like, I was totally like freaking wow. out in class. Ran out of the room. Sounds threw like up. you needed to get a massage. Yeah, totally. To- I threw up. Like I threw projectile up. or just like dribble? No, like it, it was a good, it was a good throw up. Yeah. Like dry heaving, throwing up. It was, yeah. Satisfying. It was, Thank yeah. you for making her give details. I'm satisfied. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Do you want the color? Uh, I don't remember the color. Disgusting. No, it's okay. Yeah, I'm uh, just curious. <laughs> Maybe it was a vomit in the mouth situation. Oh, no, no, no. I, I, I made back. it to the bathroom. I, I made know. it to the bathroom. After that, things got better, obviously, right? But my, so. my <laughs> Jesus, can you imagine? Um, but my initial experience was, yeah, it felt like hell on earth. And that whole, like, probably first month of going back to school at 31 years old, I was doubting myself, second guessing myself, and it was it was awful. It was awful. And you know, another shout out to my husband. I mean, how he supported me and was behind me one hundred percent. He he was the one staying up with me until midnight, studying every night, so like reviewing than, the material. Other than and, Ming, was there anyone else in your class that was super supportive? Yeah, I have another another friend who um, we became friends in school. Her name is Tanya, um, and we're still friends as nice. well. And. There was a woman at the time, Rita, um, she was in her 50s going back to school. Mm. Um, but she ended up dying dying of cancer while we were in the program. Whoa. Yeah, man. Oh, oh, yeah. Like a week before exams. That's a week a, before. Yeah. Horrible. It was horrible. Horrible, horrible, horrible. I mean, it was like, yeah. And all of us had to get through. Like, like that. I mean, that was, was a very interesting time because... You know, we were all because we were all so close. There was only fourteen of us in the class. Yeah, you get really close. So you get really tight. And this was probably not even a year into the program because it was over. It was over the like December. She she died in in December, I believe it was, if I can remember correctly. Um, Yeah, we were getting ready for exams, and she had been gone for you know, several weeks and we were trying to find out what was going on with her. And then we finally found out that she was a Princess Margaret. And anyways, but what was really interesting is how we all kind of came together. Even we were even coming together with each other and with, with people that we didn't like, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, it was, it was a really interesting time. And the reason that Ming, Tanya and Rita and myself, and there was one other girl, Anna Lee, we were all mature students. Mm-hmm. Everybody else was straight at, not everybody, but a big portion of the students were straight out of high school. Totally different playing field. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's not, it's, it's not, not the, same. the same. It's not the same. And it's I went not to massage to say, school at 20, 26, I think I yeah. was. And um, I was the youngest you know in my group, actually. I, I want to know, I want to know what was different about it because. When I was straight out of high school and I went to university, mm-hmm. I was an academic fucking fiend, right? Well, so you're the rarity, I think. But I mean, like the majority of people that I was like, yeah, that were in, in my university, program, that was I right? think so that was normal because I, wanna, I felt like I was surrounded well, by that thing. as well. So I want to mm. know were these young folks were any of them like just hungry as fuck? Well, 
or was it just like no mm. you know what i mean i'm just trying to think back to the group you know um the ones that were super young like i'm talking like 18 yeah, yeah. years old um and just from listening and remembering the discussions you know around the, the lunch table and things like that they were mm. just looking forward to having their own schedule right, working right, right. when they wanted booking time off, not answering to anybody, right. um, and just showing up and moving skin. Let me let me finish school. Let me do yes. the thing to get my license yes. so I can have this life that I want. Exactly. And it's not really about being a therapist. It's no. not about treating. It's just about having the life right. that I like want. Right. Like these, the, there was a small group of them that they were, their goal was just to work at a franchise mm -hmm. in a, or a spa and just have the spa or their franchise Thank feed God them. they're there because that's something I'm not fucking doing. Yeah. Somebody's got to do it. Someone has to do it. But that's, and that's the thing is that they didn't want, they wanted, it was very clear to me that they didn't want to do, that they didn't want to do any marketing for themselves. They didn't right. want to do any business management for themselves. Nothing like that. They, they wanted to literally show up and be fed clients mm -hmm. and that's fine yeah, i mean nothing's wrong with that man, hey man if you want to work eight hours a day and just you know pump them out all day long and mm -hmm. see one person that you'll never see probably never see again fine that's yeah. cool yeah. that's cool my intention was never that mm -hmm. you know i was like if i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this right were you already Different. teaching yoga and pilates mm -hmm. at this that time came later that came later yeah so at this point you had nothing to do with wellness the nope. wellness industry whatsoever nothing and when you were in school did you have an idea of what type of therapist you wanted to be did yes. you already have an idea of who your clients were going to be yes and, yeah so tell me about that okay. what did you want to do so my husband and i are rather active like at the time i was you know i was an avid mountain biker road cyclist runner um i wasn't really doing weights at the time but we were really really active my husband's the same he's a he's an avid cyclist um and so we got broken a lot and we had this one guy who I still, who's actually, he's my mentor, Dr. Mike Prebeg. Um, and he actually, he's one of the instructors at the McMaster um, acupuncture um, course okay. with Dr. Alex Alejandro. Yeah. Anyways. Um, I was just listening to Brandy's. So was I? Yeah. Oh, because you I was posted to that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was listening to that. that you posted too. a clip and it made me want to go back yeah, and listen. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, anyways. So he was the one that would always fix us when we were broken. And so I knew that I wanted to go after the same model that he did. I know it, I knew that I wasn't going to be a chiropractor. That was fine. I mean, chiropractic school is ridiculously expensive and we just didn't have the means to do that. Otherwise, I think I probably would have gone to chiropractic school. That was another option that I was looking at even after massage therapy school. Mm. But anyways, it was his, it was the way he approached treating that I was really, really intrigued by. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I like the way this guy works because he lived and, and he still, he lives and breathes it. He's that guy that when you meet him for the first time, he's assessing you. He looks nice. you up and down nice. and he's assessing you. I don't know if I you. like that guy. I know. I'm feeling uncomfortable <laughs> by that guy. I like that guy. Right? Like but he'll that be sounds. like, how you doing? And he'll start squeezing your shoulder and like, you know what I mean? Like that's just because he, he lives and breathes it. He lives and breathes it, right? So I was like, At I like it. At least it's like, my shoulder he's squeezing. Like, yeah, he's, he's, checking, he's checking things out, right? You know, like, how you feeling? You know? It's funny. I just said, I don't know if I like that guy, yet I have been that guy yes. multiple times. We've talked about this on episodes <laughs> where like Mark and I are sitting at a bar and the bar 
bartender walks by and kind of limping. And yes. we, we make it a game. We're like, let's figure out what's wrong yeah. with her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it her hip? Is it her ankle? Ooh, look at her knee. <laughs> yeah. Like, we're such... See? We so used to do that too. That back. Do you remember when we would walk home from the bar at Young and Eglinton? No, I don't. That's okay, the problem. Of course you didn't. But we would be walking home at two o'clock in the morning after last call, after having, you know, multiple shots. Mm-hmm. And that's why we were walking. And we'd be walking home and whomever was walking in front of us, I would say to Mark, I'm like, look at that person. I'm like, look, look at their hips. Totally out of line. And like we would be assessing <laughs> hammered people. While you're hammered. Assessing yeah. Because so, of nerds. <laughs> so apparently I'm uncomfortable about by that guy, but I am that guy. All right. Yeah. Cool. See? <laughs> We're all that guy, I think. You know, as, as as therapists that are really passionate and serious about what we do, we are that guy. Yeah. I literally have dreams about about treating. I have dreams about teaching yoga. I have tre- dreams about teaching Pilates. I have like I have dreams about my patients. I know that not in a g- creepy way. <laughs> <laughs> just want to clarify but you know <laughs> but it's it's you know I'll, I'll think of like something will come to me in my sleep how to you know treat better or do something better or whatever mm-hmm. or try something that I didn't try before like this is this is the way my brain thinks and I totally attribute that to being around Mike because you know through schooling my last term actually my last year in schooling he let me shadow him he let me shadow some of his colleagues and so I knew that I wanted to you know be in the realm of sports rehab I wanted to be that therapist that established relationships Mm -hmm. so that you know, and there's this there's this thing, there's this misconception that we fix people. And yeah, we make them feel better. But, you know, maybe, you know, the shoulder has resolved, has been resolved, but something else will break, especially if someone's active. Yeah. Right. That's that's the or reality. especially if someone's inactive <laughs> or yeah, or the opposite. So really, if you're a human and you're, if you're breathing, human, you need to come see us all the time, all the time, because we'll find something. We'll find something. Yeah. Right. So, you know, um, I knew that that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to establish relationships. I didn't want to be in a spa. I knew that right off the bat. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to be at the mercy of somebody else dictating how I treated and who I treated. I wanted to have full control over that. So I had a very specific kind of business model in mind. Um, So yeah, so that's that that was my approach. And so at the beginning, I worked in Oh, my God, I worked in a rehab clinic an MVA clinic and WSIB. (laughs) I'm glad I got that over with. You got to figure out what that's like. You do you do. And you know what, and some people I didn't do it. You guys, I I've literally spent the last ten mm. years trying not to do it. Yeah, <laughs> you wouldn't like it. No, <laughs> it's not. I your, didn't it's not think I would. So no. I never. It was did actually it. It made me really sad. More than anything, it made me really really. What made sad. you sad about it? Well, because the for for a variety of reasons. The one of the main reasons it made me sad is that most of the time people were coming wigged out on their oxycodons and their painkillers, mm-hmm. and I could see dependency issues big time um so that made me really sad Mm -hmm. um what also made me sad um one of the pivotal moments for me where i was like "Mm, i can't be here i had a lady who i was seeing on a regular basis i was seeing her for like six weeks and again because it's wsib and mva Mm -hmm. 30 minute thing and so i was seeing her once a week for about six weeks for 30 minutes each time Really couldn't, I can only do so much in 30 minutes and whatever. Anyways, and I remember saying to her one day, like, okay, I have an idea. Because she had a little dog and it was issues with her knees from a car accident like a long time ago. 
And I said, okay, I have an idea. I want you to start walking. And she looked at me and she was like, oh, are you serious? And I'm like, <laughs> and I literally was like, okay, I'm not asking you to walk five kilometers. Start with just around the block. I just want you to get moving. She's like, oh, I don't know if I can do that. You're asking a lot of me. I'm like, okay, well, I'm seeing you next week. I said, just try, just try, okay? So I'm trying to be all positive. She comes back the next week. I'm like, so how did it go? She's like, uh, yeah, I lasted like two minutes and I had to turn around and come home because I was in agony. I'm like, okay. I'm like, two minutes is better than nothing. So every week it was like, okay, so how'd it go? How'd it go? How'd it go? And finally I was like, in my head, I'm like, I can't fucking do this anymore. Mm. I can't, like, I can only rub your knees for so long. Things are not getting better. Like she wasn't progressing because she needed to participate in her rehab. Right. She needed to Mm -hmm. take a little control and not be so dependent on me. And I looked at her finally. I'm like, you know what? I don't think I'm the therapist for you. I really don't think I'm the therapist for you. I, I know that the other girl has some openings. Maybe you want to see if mm-hmm. if she if she'll take you. But I I just don't think this is a good fit. And I had to like I, I mean it wasn't firing her, but it was like one of those things where I was like, oh my god, all I'm do- asking you to do is put on some running shoes and just walk around your block. That's it. And that's when I was like, okay, I can't make a difference here. I need to leave. So I lasted there probably about eight months, and then from there I worked at a multitude of clinics. I worked at you know I worked downtown. I worked, and this is all the time that we're living in Stouffville still. Do you always need to feel like you can make a difference? Yeah, don't you? I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I've thought about that. Until right now. Until really? you ask me right now. Do I need to feel like I... Well, I feel. I want to feel like I'm being productive. I. You see, I feel like I'm productive no matter what. I feel like I'm productive even if the person in front of me doesn't recognize... You have never had that client that she just explained? Yes, I've I had have. that client multiple I'll times. Why, I, and I've, it's I've horrible. Had, I've had that client. It's going to sound really weird. I care, but... Me not caring about what they're saying in those moments translates into I do care. I'll tell you what I mean by that. You don't want to go for that walk that we all know that you need. I don't think I would fire you. I would let you wallow in this you're in pain nonsense because I'm narcissistic. And I'm thinking to myself, at least you're still here seeing me because I know I'm a good therapist. So it's better me and you're not doing your home care than someone else who won't put in this effort into the manual therapy. And on top of that, you're not doing your home care. Does that make, does that make sense? It makes sense. But I think if you've got the client who has already decided they're not getting better, because by the sounds of it, that person has already decided she's not getting better. So, it defined her. And so they, yeah. you know, they can keep coming to see you. And at a certain point, even if I know I'm a good therapist and I know that, you know, them seeing me is better than them not doing anything. Mm-hmm. It also gets to a point where I'm like, we are literally just going in a straight line. Like nothing is happening. You're not progressing. You come in with the exact same pain level discomfort. You come in with the exact same function every single week. And now it's been multiple weeks. So it does get to a point where I'm like, what is the point here? Because I mean, I have well, I have that client. I saw maybe, that client but, today. But maybe I have been seeing is, this client for a long time. Maybe that point <laughs> is 
like that client doesn't fully recognize it, but they might be just okay, content with where they are, and you're helping them stay in that spot. Well, and this is you why I, mean? I have like they're complaining and everything else, but at the same time, just their inaction and their inability to take responsibility for themselves is telling you, like, I'm kind of comfortable where I am. Do well, you know what? You I mean? know what? Okay, so I have, I also have a client. Um, I've had him since the first month that I became a massage therapist. He has been my most loyal client. And here's the thing with with him. He full out has always said to me, Izzy, don't ask me to do any exercises. Don't give me home care. I'm going to ask you your advice on some things. I probably won't listen to it. Like he tells me flat out, he's an accountant. He's a straight shooter. He's like, this is the way it is. But... This is my only hour that I have to stop all week. And that is fine with me. Mm. He has no interest in feeling better and doing better for himself. He, his diet's horrible. Mm-hmm. His lifestyle, like he, he's up all hours of the night. You know, his, his downtime is sitting in front of his computer screen playing a video game. And that's fine. That's fine. But here's the thing where I feel that I'm, that I'm contributing to his well-being is that it's his, it's his mental and emotional state that I'm helping him with. Well, and, and I'm not and a psychologist. He told you that he he's, me. he's not going to change his yeah. lifestyle. He's not complaining. Whereas nope. the whereas difference the is the other person. I think part of it is again, being that it was WSIB, yes. um, you know, again, nothing, nothing wrong with that, but I've, I've never worked in a rehab clinic, but I've had people well, who have come, you know, for MVAs. Because and, there's there's too many perks that come with. Yeah, this is true. Not being able to and if work they get better, they won't injury. get their exactly their funding. There's too many yeah. perks that come with being in a motor vehicle accident, and there's a lawsuit happening. Exactly, and you need to continue therapy because you need to be able to show the insurance company that you actually are injured, even yes. if you are not. So, I mean, I totally get that. Yeah, We're working in those environments is it's it's a little bit of a different beast. But see, I have that client right now. And as I say, I, I really enjoy this person. It's not mm. like I'm going to say, I can't treat you anymore. I'm not the therapist for you. Right. But I have this person who's had the same issues for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. I'm not the first therapist. I, um, the client was referred to me by another therapist mm-hmm. who couldn't, who couldn't, um, she left the country. So right. anyway, so now this person's been seeing me for a couple of years and we make small changes, you know, like right. he might get a little bit better and a little bit mm-hmm. better. And then he regresses a little, right. a little bit. But I have tried multiple exercise programs. I've, I've sent him emails. I've sent him YouTube videos. I've sent him like things you can do when you're traveling, things you can do when you're at home. I've done exercises with him here. Why don't you try this at home? He's brought his wife in with him pre-COVID and I will show her the stuff that she can, like, I have done so many things, but in between his visits with me, he does none Have of it. Have you ever right. tried increasing your frequency with him? Like reduce the duration, so yes, increase the frequency yes. three, four times a week. And a big so part of that not, is going to be it's remedial It's not possible exercise. for him. Uh, it's not possible. His, he comes in like a, his schedule is 15 minutes crazy, yeah, okay. crazy to the point where when he showed up today, I said, did I forget to write notes when you were here last? Because your file saying you weren't here since the 30th of June. Wow. And he was like, no, no, that's right. I haven't been here since June. Like he should be here very frequently. Right. But he just can't. Mm-hmm. So 
we make do with what we can do. Gotcha. Right. He tells me he's getting some sort of benefit. Objectively, I see such small changes mm-hmm. that sometimes I want to rip my hair out. Sure. But because we're we are moving in the right direction just so slowly. And because he says he gets benefit out of it, sure, I will continue to be his therapist. Mm-hmm. But there are definitely times where I want to just tear my eyeballs out. Cause mm-hmm. I'm like, you should be better by now. I've even actually Mark probably knows who I'm talking about now because I've even come to Mark and said, I want to refer him to you. I want you to try because I'm going to lose my mind. Mm-hmm. Like nothing is mm-hmm. happening. Yeah. You don't make it sound appealing, but <laughs> it's it's the patient. It's the patient that comes to you expecting you to fix them one hundred percent and not take any any participation. Well, in, I, I will in say, the process. I will say it since COVID hit, since lockdown, because his work schedule changed, he has started walking. And ah. I think that is why we're getting like there you go millimeters more progress See? because he's now walking 30 minutes a day yeah and it actually has made a difference there you go walking who knew right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true it's true i mean hey so anyways so that's a, that's a kind of a long story i didn't become a yoga teacher so R- rmt in my 13th year and i've been a yoga teacher now for eight years going into my ninth year and i've been a pilates teacher for seven years yeah so i did yoga first and the reason i did that was because i was actually i was the resident rmt at what used to be moksha now, ah. now moto yeah um it was a new moksha that opened up in stoville so i was like hey I live in Stouffville. You need an RMT? Hi. So I started working there and was really, really busy because I was the only RMT there. And then, of course, I was practicing because the owner was giving me free classes because I was the RMT there, resident RMT. Win-win. Score. Um, So, and then people started saying to me, are you are you are you a yoga teacher too? And I'm like, no. You should be. I'm like, ah, okay. It was literally like that. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I was like, yeah, you should be a yoga teacher. All right, yeah, then. Sure, okay. So I did okay. my yoga teacher training. Um, were and you, were you into yoga before any of this stuff? Like you were active and everything else, but I hated was, yoga in the beginning. Hmm. We were yeah. talking about this off yes. mic when you were kind of setting up well, how. Tell me, tell me what you hated about yoga. Yeah, it was what boring. Yeah, boring, 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 boring. I mean, here's. I mean, if you haven't figured it out already, type A yeah. right here. Yeah. Um, you know, like vigorous exercising. You know, constant stimulus. That's what. That's what I've always needed. And someone told me once, well, if you want to keep running, if you want to keep doing the things that you love doing, you really should do yoga. I was like, yeah, whatever. So <laughs> I remember buying a VHS video <laughs> and doing this yoga at home for the first time. And when it got to Shavasana, the end, when you when you lie down and relax, I was literally like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Like I could be totally utilizing my time way better than lying on the floor right now and breathing yep yeah i tried a restorative class oh, for the first time about a year ago the first time i wanted to yeah i was like i wanted to crawl out of my skin yeah. i'm like please tell me there's more than this please yeah. tell no, me we're gonna no there move. isn't no no it's supervised napping 
It's it is actually supervised napping. <laughs> I, I wanted I to crawl out of my skin. Now, I have to say, okay, I, so I hated it. <laughs> has your tune changed on some of these things too, or no? On yoga, yes. So that was the discussion yeah. we had when I first tried it out. I was not into it. I thought it was boring mm-hmm. until I found a teacher, and um, I've brought it up before. She was actually on uh, Krista Dick's podcast, the Radical RMT. Her name is Megan. Okay, shout out to Megan. She was a yoga teacher at a Moshe studio I used to go to on the Danforth, and she's also a RMT. And she was the one that somehow, I don't know, I don't even know what she did. She was just magical. She just made Mm -hmm. me like actually appreciate it. And I started to be able to, she increased my body awareness. I Mm. think that was the reason that I really wasn't into yoga before is like, I'm watching what the, what the teacher's doing, Yeah, but I can't figure out how to get my body to do that. And I can't figure out, you know, they're saying, okay, feel like your hip back in the socket. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? Just stuff like that, that I couldn't. But uh-huh. somehow Megan made my body awareness actually come to surface. And Her I was like, cueing oh. made sense. Yeah, I was like, yeah. yeah, that makes sense. I feel that. Oh, okay, that's what that's supposed to feel like. So then I got really into it. But no, the restorative stuff. I'm sorry, still haven't bought it. I don't. Yeah. I don't get it. Is yeah. yoga like wooly? Would that be considered wooly? It depends. I don't know anything about fucking yoga. Yoga. There's so many different. So I many mean, different kinds. Izzy can speak yeah. to it because she's a yoga teacher. I'm not. But I learned from going to a whole bunch of different classes and different yeah, studios yeah. and just trying mm-hmm. different styles that there's there's something for everyone. I really, really do think is. there is yeah. something for everyone. You just have to find the style and the the teacher mm-hmm. and the type of yoga that, that 100%, matches you. Yeah. 100%. Maybe um, we need to call it something different than yoga. Well, there's um well, I've I considered that for a while because there was a, a there was a time that I actually um broke up with yoga. Um was it a, a little bit. Breakup? There's yeah, it was it was a breakup. Um because okay, so when I I fell in love with yoga, so I hated yoga in the beginning, and then I then I fell in love with it, especially when I started um, practicing it at the studio that I was treating as an RMT because I was I was practicing more often. And that was it was more at the beginning. It was more for physical. It was like I need to get something in in my day, and since I'm here and I have a couple of hours, I might as well do a class in between patients. Mm-hmm. And and it's free, perfect, yep. right? And I was there, and there were showers there, and I mean, it was like it was perfect, right? Makes sense, yeah. Um, and I started to I started to en- enjoy it more on a physical level, especially the hot yoga because it felt like it was it was more productive. Yeah, <laughs> right. Because you're I think that's why, yeah, you're just I lying there that. and bees of sweat are coming off yep. your shins, right? So, you know, I think that's why I was attracted to it more in the beginning. But then something something shifted. Something definitely shifted. And one thing I don't know whether you guys know or not. Um, I'm um, in recovery. I'm I've been uh, an alcoholic in recovery for eight years now. Actually, mm. for the time that I've been a yoga teacher. Mm. Um, and so I was actively drinking at the time before I became a yoga teacher and something started to shift because there was something that was happening emotionally in inside. And this is where the woo woo stuff comes in, where I was starting to connect with myself and what I was doing on my mat was not being reflective of what I was doing off my mat and how I was behaving and how I was how I was conducting myself. It was almost like I was leading a double life. So I was on my mat, connecting with myself, getting all spiritual and shit, and then going home and getting hammered at night. Right. So not that yoga saved me, but it was it was it was definitely a contributing factor. Um and it was definitely one of the catalysts into into taking my journey into recovery and, becoming, and getting sober. So 
through that, so as I'm discovering and getting deeper, getting in deeper to the practice, into the practice of yoga, at the same time, I'm getting sober. So it was almost like my, the yoga practice was holding my hand through the whole thing, um, especially in the beginning. Now it's just part of my life. But in the beginning, it was something that I, I totally needed. So instead of, you know, having a drink, I would do a practice. So sometimes mm. I was practicing like five times a day in the beginning of my recovery, like the first few months mm -hmm. of my recovery because I needed that distraction. And it was like my addiction switched from from booze to yoga. Um, so it, it, certainly, it certainly helped me. Um, but because I was doing it so much, and so this is leading up to my breakup with yoga now, um, because I was doing it so much and I was doing the same thing virtually every day. Like I got into Ashtanga yoga. I don't know if you're familiar with Ashtanga. Ashtanga is a very rigorous, physically demanding practice that you do every single day, come hell or high water, no matter what, you practice 90 minutes at sunrise. And so I was doing that. So I went from, again, like type A, I went from, you know, one extreme to the other where I was practicing no matter what. I was like, that was my priority. And so because I was doing the same kind of thing every day and the same kind of practice, same sequence every day, I started to get injured badly, really badly. I'm still nursing injuries from like seven, six, seven years ago, um, like shoulder stuff, mm -hmm. SI joint stuff. Um, thankfully, my hips are okay. There's a lot of um, yogis, specifically Ashtanga yogis, that have had hip replacements in their 30s. Like, Ooh, yeah, well, from torquing, this, yeah, from torquing their their hips, and they need like the, and causing labral tears. Yeah, from torquing torquing their hips so that they could get into that lotus position, um, where the legs are crossed and the feet are in the hip creases, like that, and yep. yeah, knees popping, all kinds of all kinds of bad shit. So I started to get those those injuries, and it was weird because as I'm getting these injuries, same thing that happened to you, Amanda, when you were asking that teacher, like my ankles not right or something, and they just said practice more. Every time I went to a yoga teacher and asked them you know, there's something going on with my shoulder. I was doing a bind where you put your hands behind your back and you're yanking yep. it. And I heard a pop. Is that normal? And here I am an RMT. This is the fucked up thing because here I am an RMT who I, I know what that means. But there was like this disconnect mm -hmm. between my because practice. Because the yoga teacher's telling you, just power just through practice it. Practice You'll more. get stronger. Practice more. Breathe yeah. more. Stretch yep. more. You, you, just need, you just need to do it more. You need to be more yep. diligent. And, and so I was wrecking myself. I was wrecking myself. And then something happened where I was just like, this is not right. This is, no, no. And so I started rehabbing it myself. And I was like, I can't do yoga anymore. That's mm -hmm. it. And I still practice yoga, but I was that belligerent shit in the corner that while the teacher was giving an instruction for one thing or a cue for one thing, I was doing something completely different. I was that asshole in the corner not listening <laughs> and being defiant. I was being defiant, right? Because I was like, but isn't Damn, that you the beauty of yoga? You're supposed to be defiant. You're, you're supposed, supposed to, to listen your to your own, own body. Yes, yes. They say that. You're supposed but to. You're supposed to. So this is mm. like Lululemon being elite. Some studios really do work this way and mm -hmm. I love them for that yes. but I um, I actually recently I say recently like within the last you know few years um, I got a yoga teacher fired from a studio and I I felt really bad but <gasps> it was not my intent to get the person fired um, I had gone to a class with 
my ankle taped mark taped it before i went because yeah. it was it i had just started up yoga again and i my ankle started bothering me again mm. because this is i've have i've had so many injuries to this one ankle like mm-hmm. it's just chronic now and anyway so mark had taped it up for me and i go to the class and so of course the teacher immediately notices that my ankle's all taped up mm-hmm. so he quietly says to me is everything okay and i said yeah i'm just sort of nursing an injury and he said okay you know just go yeah. at your own pace blah 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 like super nice about it Sure. So then he instructs us to go into, I don't even remember what posture it was now, but it was a balance posture. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I decided that I was just going to sit this one out. Not even that I was going to modify. I was just going to sit this one out because cool. I was not prepared to put all my weight on this ankle. Sure. So I didn't do anything. And so I see him no- notice me. And there was quite a few people in this class, but I see him notice me and he kind of comes over and he said, what's going on? And I said, there's no way I'm balancing on this ankle. And he said, why don't you do it at the wall? Mm-hmm. Something I like I, I didn't even think I wanted to do that, but I was mm. like, okay, like he was giving a suggestion. Okay. So I said, okay, sure. Yeah, I'll do it at the wall. So I start kind of hobbling over to the wall because my ankle's all taped up and like with athletic tape, like this was yeah. rigid tape, yes, like yes. so that my ankle would not move. Right. So I'm kind of going over to the wall and in front of the entire class, he says, okay, all of you are just going to stay in this posture until she decides to <gasps> get into it. What? Yeah. He totally shamed you. He totally sh- And I was like, I would have never expected it oh, at this place. Dude. Like, never. I was like, okay. So then, of course, I quickly try to get into the posture. And I wish oh I could God. remember now what it was we were doing. I don't even remember. But all I know is immediately I felt like an electric burning pain in my ankle. Like, sure, it was of course horrible. So, but I did it because then I felt like the rest of the class is just oh. waiting for me. So I did it. I hurt myself. And then I didn't go to yoga for three days. And at this point, I was actually going every other day, but I didn't mm-hmm. go for like three or four days. Mm-hmm. And when I came in the next time, the owner of the studio saw me and we were chatting. She's like, oh, I haven't seen you all week. And I said, yeah, there's a reason. I hurt my ankle when I was doing so-and-so's class mm-hmm. the other mm-hmm. day. And... I wasn't going to tell her the story and I don't remember how it happened, but I ended up coming out and telling her what happened. And she, I, I don't think I've ever seen her angry. She's a very Zen type woman. Yes. She was pissed. Yeah. F- rightly so. He did not work there after that. Well, yeah, no, that's unacceptable. Yeah. It was... In any environment, in any environment. Like, but that's I felt just... a little guilty. It got the guy fired. Why did you feel guilty? I don't know. I don't he like that He pulled a high feeling. school gym teacher he move. He did. I couldn't believe it. That's a high honestly, school gym teacher move. I was yeah. honestly yeah. more in shock than anything because I never would have, like the way this studio was run, it it was not like that. It was no. always very much listen to your body. If you yeah. need to just lay down, get in Shavasana, like chill sure, out, man. do what you need to do. So for him to say like, we'll, the rest of you will just stay in this posture. And I assume he was joking. But I obviously didn't take it as a joke. No, and no, no, no. then I hurt myself. I can only blame myself for getting hurt. I knew I shouldn't have done that. But um, anyway, if you're listening, sorry you lost your job. Oh, I'm sure he's working <laughs> somewhere else. Hopefully he learned from that. Hopefully things he did. are, you know, things are coming around as far as, you know, how how teachers are conducting themselves um in group classes and the cues that are being used and things like that. There's, you know, um, th- things are getting better. You know, there's almost like, there's almost been like a revolution of, you know, um, the anti-yoga. There's like a group that are not anti-yoga, but like, let's do yoga differently. Mm. And then there are the one, the diehard traditional classic 
yeah. de- devotees that will not budge from that. And that's, you know, I mean, there's, it's almost like there's a battle, especially like on social media. My God, if you, mm. yeah, there's like, there's a real, you're wrong, I'm right. And it's just, it's, you know, how dare you say that? And how dare you do that? Like, it's just a lot of calling out that's going on in the yoga community of all, of all things. Um, but I was one of those people. I was one of those really like I was like th- that belligerent anti-yoga person for a while. I was like, yeah, I'll teach you yoga, but I'm going to teach you yoga my way. Mm. So that means no flows, no chaturangas, no like no traditional postures. I pretty much eliminated anything you know classic about yoga from my classes. They were almost like they were workouts, and I lost a lot of students, of course. Because I, I'm calling it a yoga class, but that's not what but I'm. It's not yoga. That's not what I'm delivering. Mm. <laughs> right? right. I should have called it something else, but I I didn't. And I thought I was being sneaky and clever, but you know, um, it didn't work. And then, and then what happened was is that I started to miss my yoga. I started to miss what it had done for me initially. I had lost that connection with myself, and I, you know, um. It it was it was affecting me, so I secretly started doing the more classic yoga on my own, and I fell in love with it again. I was like, "Oh Ooh. boy, this is." Do yeah. you understand that? Like when she says the connection, like yeah, do you does that it, make sense to you? None of this yoga talk makes sense to me. <laughs> the reason <laughs> I asked asleep in the corner. No, I'm not falling asleep. <laughs> no, at no, all. No, the kidding, reason I ask that though is because I I can't. I can't verbalize it, but I, no. I felt the same way. Like when I started doing mm-hmm. yoga, I'm like, I understand what my bodies do. Like I, yeah. you feel very present and I don't know how that happens. I, I like why it. with yoga does I, it happen? I, I get yeah. it because I used to get that same sensation with weight training. Mm. I used to get that same sensation with running. So I would never go do yoga, but I mean, I would get that. Yeah, well, that's that's all it was. was I was never able to verbalize like what it is about yoga that I like so much. And I'm like, there's just certain movements that the minute I do the movement, Mm -hmm. I was like, yes, my body wants to do this. Or like, no, my body doesn't. Like, you just become very aware of everything. You're very aware of your breathing. You're very aware of like, like, I don't know. The molecules in space. Yes, like everything. You want to work on your proprioception, do yoga. Oh, yeah. Like Mm. it just made me very aware of everything. And I started to feel like more coordinated, less clumsy, like just... Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. really, and it was really cool. Not necessarily bendy or more flexible. No, I'm not bendy. No, and, and, and I don't. Naturally, I've never I'm not either. More bendy. <laughs> yeah, no, naturally, I'm not either. I'm. I have more of a like a rigid, rigid frame. Um, mm. I'm not one of. The, I'm not hypermobile at all. Thankfully, because nope. um, a lot of hypermobile or uh, hypermobile people are drawn to yoga for that very reason because they can easily put their head, their foot behind their head, and it looks yeah. cool, right? But, yeah. When I first started, I was the person in the back of the class, like <laughs> if feeling like everybody was looking at me because yeah. I was not super flexible. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd see everybody get into like dancers posture, right. dancers pose. Yes. And I'm like, yeah, what? mine doesn't look like that. Yeah. No, I don't. Mine still doesn't look like that. <laughs> I'm no. falling over. Yeah. Like my foot's barely off the ground and there's yeah. these people like pulling their ankle I know. over their head. I know. And I'm like, no, no, I can't yeah. do that. Yeah. So I thought I didn't belong there. But like mm-hmm. I said, once I went and I had an RMT teacher, Yes. somehow she made it make sense. And I was like, oh. And that was interesting that you say that because I had a lot of a lot of my my avid followers that have been following me since the day I started teaching are ones that came to my class almost like a, like 
one more chance. I'm going to give yoga one more chance. And I was able to, because of my knowledge, and I brought my knowledge of manual therapy and all that stuff and everything that I knew from that. And I brought it into the yoga class and it started to make sense for people. The way I was speaking, like, you know, if you feel this, that's normal. You should be feeling, you know, if you're, if you're doing, you know, warrior two, are you feeling your outer hip, you know, feeling tension there? You should be feeling tension. And cause everyone thinks that there's a, well, there's this misconception is that if you go to yoga, you shouldn't feel any tension in your body. Well, then what the hell are you doing, you know, holding no, a posture as, co- as co-activation, <laughs> right? Exactly, right? So, you know, it's that it's that um, verifying and and what they should be feeling and validating what, sh- what they should be feeling and not feeling, you know, and so that they, they, they know what to look for and that it's normal. And I guess just the way that I was articulating myself in those classes it was connecting with people and people were like, oh my God, no one ever said it like that before. And so there's something to, to be said if, you know, if you get a yoga teacher that is a physiotherapist, chiropractor, RMT, whatever, that is educated in other realms that can bring that knowledge into the practice room, it makes a huge difference. You can be a yoga huge teacher. Uh, hard pass. <laughs> <laughs> you were, you were going to ask Izzy a question before we started yeah, going crazy sorry. with the yoga. Only if you're cool to answer these. Okay. Then you don't have to. Okay. Because... The booze thing makes me want to ask questions. Sure. Fire. When you're boozing, are you out of control? And if you are, do you know you're out of control? When I was drinking actively? Yeah. Um, I was a quiet drinker. I drank at home mm-hmm. a lot. Um, and it got to the point, so near, near the end of my drinking career, I would drink to pass out because I didn't know how else to fall asleep. Mm, okay. Yeah. Um, there are, you know, again, through my, my recovery, I've done talk about soul searching and coming to know yourself and, you know, analyzing where, where it's all come from is that drinking was a symptom. And for the most part, drinking was a way for me to numb and shut out everything. Like it's typical, like it's textbook. Um, when you read, you know, about stories of, of, of alcoholism, that it, it is a way for us as alcoholics to numb any feeling, yeah. any feeling. So it got to the point where if there was a reason to celebrate, great, pull out the wine. If I was pissed off, pull out the wine. If I was upset, pull out the wine. So it was like it, whatever emotion that I was experiencing, mm-hmm. I, I turned to booze to numb it because I just didn't want to feel. Does that also come with positive emotions or no? Yeah. Just, just negative. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, growing up, I wasn't the popular kid. I was bullied incessantly as a child. Um, we moved a lot, so I never had the opportunity to build friendships as a child. Um, so I always felt out of place. Mm-hmm. So the very first time that I got drunk at 14, that was like... It was gold, man. Because where were you drinking at fourteen? I was drinking. It was the last day of grade nine, mm-hmm. and someone was having a house party in the afternoon, mm-hmm. last day of school, and we all fucked off and went to this. I can't remember if it was a guy or a girl. I can't remember whose house it was, but there was a Mickey of of rum, Sounds and like I house, downed yeah. it. And I was like, "This shit is the bomb!" Because all of a sudden, I felt popular. I felt pretty. Oh. I felt confident. I felt smart. I was like, "This is it!" So I was drinking alcoholically from the very beginning. Not that you know, at fourteen years old, I was drinking every day, right, right, but right. I was drinking alcoholically because I was going after that, 
if I drink alcohol, I'll be better right. than what I am. So I, I wasn't, I did never felt that I was good enough, smart enough, pretty enough, you know, none of the popular enough until I had the booze in me. And that just carried on into my adulthood. Your folks know? Um, they know now. They didn't know they when no I was idea. totally yeah. in it. My husband totally outed me. And that's what, yeah, that was, that was my big catalyst. So you were, you were already like heavily drinking when you met your husband. Yeah. Did he know from the time he met you that this was a, an issue or did he just think like, oh, she's fine and she drinks? Well, well, we we met very young. We've known each other for, oh God, 25 years. Okay. Um, we started out as friends. Um, and then when we started dating, he was still in university. I'm a little bit older than him. So I was working and we were hanging out and it was our relationship in the beginning was built on partying. Like we did clubbing and, you know, like that's yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. you did, right? Yeah. Like that was, that was. So he, he wouldn't have thought it was weird because no. you no. were out. I mean, that was the beginning of our relationship. We were out at, you were, in, Mark was in a band when we met. Oh, so we were, at, he was playing music like probably three, four times a week. Mm-hmm. And I was just tagging along right. at all these different live live music venues. Sure. So we were drinking like four nights a week. Sure. Yep. So yeah. I, either one of us could have had an alcohol problem and we wouldn't have known no, it. No, exactly. He didn't He didn't know. He, it didn't come to light for him until we moved in together. Mm. And that's when things started going shitty because that's when I started, because I realized, because when I was living on my own, you know, having empty bottles of wine all over the place was not a big deal because there was no one to answer to. Right. 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 But then when we moved in together and I was doing the same thing, he was like, what the fuck is this? Like, what? How, mm. much, how much wine have you had? I'm like, we talk about how to, you know, and like you start making the excuses because that's mm-hmm. what we do as alcoholics. We lie. And then I started hiding my booze. And that went on for a while. Um, and, you know, I went through, you know, I saw a psychologist, I saw a psychotherapist. And if if you see, so anyone who's wondering if they're having an issue and they're, who's listening, if they have an issue with alcohol or if they know someone who has an issue with alcohol, sending, sending them to a psychologist or psychotherapist or any kind of therapist that is not an alcoholic is useless and a waste of time and money mm. because we lie. We lie. Right. And the only people that can call us out are other are alcoholics. Others, yeah. That makes sense. Hence AA and yeah. everything else. Right. right. Exactly. Exactly. So you you obviously recognized there was an issue to decide to go to psychotherapy. Yeah. I was like, yeah, okay. I'll, you know, it was more like. So when yeah, you were going to therapy, did anybody know? Did you let anybody in like to know? No. I, I, so you were quietly going to, th- you were quietly drinking. Yes. And then quietly going to therapy, yes. which wasn't working. So no. probably more quiet drinking. Yes. Oh, boy. Yeah. But I can also imagine the therapy is also not working because no. you don't want to stop drinking and you don't exactly. want to go to therapy. You're I going didn't. to therapy nope. because your husband or boyfriend or whoever he was at the time mm-hmm. was like, this is too much. You yeah. Do something about it, please. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, fine, I'll go to therapy. Yeah. That did nothing. I spent a lot of money. Did nothing, of yeah, course. Yeah. And then he outed me. He He went to my dad. Um, and his wife one day and like totally behind my back and told them. And so the next time I saw my dad and his wife, they stopped me and they're like, we know. I'm like, no, what? What are you talking about? We know. Mm. Sit down. And it was like a mini intervention. Right. Were you livid with your livid. husband? Livid. Oh, oh, was I mad? Oh my God, was I mad? How dare you? Yeah, because you ruined my drinking. 
betrayed too, right? It's oh, like, completely, yeah. completely. But he was at his, I mean, bless his heart. He was at his wit's end. Yeah. He really was. Like, obviously, he was doing this from a good place. He wanted Absolutely. to help you. Absolutely. That's exactly what it was. He and just he didn't probably know how. knew that you were going to kill him. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, if if we're at the point where this is such a big deal in the relationship, yes. then this is like kind of the last fucking go at yeah. trying to make things better. 100%. Now. Yeah, 100%. Exactly. So it was one of those things where like everyone, anyone who's an alcoholic talks about their bottom. Yeah. Um, and how you have to hit your bottom before you really and truly get that help. That was my next question. Um, that was my bottom bottom the humiliation mm. that was totally my bottom because anyone who knows me is that i take great great pride in representing what i do what i stand for and but i was leading again multiple lives i had many different masks many different faces Would depending you on describe yourself i've heard the term functional alcoholic oh totally like you were you i was drinking during the day yeah you were yeah. successful you still were doing all the work, things still going still to work working. still doing yeah life still properly. teaching yoga yeah. still te- treating patients but as soon as i got home that bottle of wine was cracked open right. and that was it it was all over yeah yeah, yeah. right um so yeah I was downing probably near the end. I was probably downing at night, probably three bottles of wine a night. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. So, you know, went to an outpatient program for like a few weeks where they were monitoring my blood work and everything like that. And that was interesting. Um, yeah. Didn't realize how at the time, how much I was destroying my body from the inside out. I was killing myself from the inside out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My red blood cells were oversized. My kidneys were on the verge of failure. My liver was on the verge of being completely shot. Like it was bad. Wow. My hair was falling out. My teeth were getting soft. Like it, it was really, really bad. And I didn't realize until I stopped and I was like, holy fuck, what have I done? Um, But that was my, it was like, I'm, I consider myself one of the fortunate ones and very blessed for the fact that I have never looked back since. Mm. Never, never picked up a drink, never been tempted, nice. never craved it, nothing. Wow. Yep. That was it. And I'm not. How much do you feel yoga had to do with that? It was, it was part of it for sure. It was part of it for sure. Because like I said earlier that, you know, especially in the very early days of my recovery, I needed something to distract me and Mm -hmm. yoga was all I had. So I was literally sometimes practicing five days, five times a day because it was like, it was, it was all I had because I was, you know, you're antsy, you know, even though, and this is the fucked up thing is that even though I wasn't drinking during the day, never did I drink during the day or while I was seeing patients or working or anything like that. You knew it was coming. But I knew, you knew you were going to get your drink eventually. Exactly. Exactly. So I was finding myself feeling really, really antsy in the, like in the early days of my recovery. It was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, I have nothing to go home to. This is it. Yeah, this is it. Oh my God. Whatever's happening right now, this is it. This (laughs) This, is the day. Yeah, this this Shit, is it. This there's is nothing the day. else. Yeah, there's <laughs> nothing else. But there was. And uh yeah, I'm I'm really, really grateful for, you know, all the support that I've had. My husband is like He's my hero. Like he's, oh, he's been so supportive. Does he drink at all anymore? He has, he has the occasional scotch or a beer or whatever. There's booze in the house. Okay, not curious. an issue. Yeah. Not an issue. I know there are some of my fellow. Um, my fellow alcoholic friends, um, who are also in recovery, ref- refuse to be anywhere near alcohol, right. and that's that's everyone has their mm-hmm. has their limits, and everyone has their um, you know, their risks, and uh, that's for me. Like I said, it's I've I have contented sobriety as long as I keep in check with myself. 
that's what I have to do. Are you neurotic about keeping yourself in check or keeping no, check I'm with not yourself? Neurotic? I'm not neurotic in the sense that, you know, that I have to make sure that I do my readings every day and there because there are people like that, right? Um, it's not it's not necessarily that. It's it's more when I start to feel a little chaos in my belly or anxious, anxiety or unrest, that means I need to stop. I need to meditate. I need to do a yoga practice and breathe and recenter myself and pause. Um, Otherwise, it can go into a tailspin. And for me, I think I anticipate that that would be that would be my big risk factor is that if I let myself get into when the sky is falling, if I let it continue to fall, Mm -hmm. that's probably a danger for me just because you know, I remember what that felt like and I remember what I needed to do when I was actively actively drinking to make that go away and that was to drink. So I have to make sure that I check in and turn to the things that are better for me. Does that make sense? So much sense. So important, I think, for for anyone in our field to hear this type of stuff, to hear these types of stories. Yeah. Can we talk about meditation for a second? Sure. Because I've had, um, I've had many friends, acquaintances, in my life who at some point discover meditation. Mm -hmm. And like, as I was listening to you, I was thinking of, you know, different friends who I feel like have transformed and totally like changed. And, you know, a big part of it is they said, I started meditating. And how does somebody just decide to start meditating? Mm. Like, was it a struggle for you? Did you just like, did you say like, I'm going to meditate and then actually sit there and say, okay, how the fuck do I meditate? Like, you know, in that movie, Eat, Pray, Love, when Julia Roberts is sitting there and she thinks she's been, she's been meditating for two hours and she opens her eyes and it's been like 30 seconds or two minutes or something like that. That's real. That's real. Especially if you're not used to being comfortable in your own skin, number Mm -hmm. one, um, and not used to sitting with yourself. And not being still, right? For us type A's, man, that shit's tough. restorative (laughs) yoga. That shit's tough. It's tough. And let me tell you, I mean, just because I meditate, I wouldn't say daily, um, but I try to. Just because I do that, it doesn't make me better than anybody else. And it doesn't make me a better meditator. Because let me tell you, there are days when I'm meditating and I'm lying there and I'm like, this is so not fucking working. Mm -hmm. This is so not working. And that's okay. I get up and I let it go. That's it. I'm not going to force it. For anybody who's listening who has thought about adding meditation to Mm -hmm. their their life some in Mm -hmm. some way. Any advice, any tips, anything sure. to get them started? Sure. Do you take a bath ever? Do I take a bath? No. Uh, no. Oh, you have kids, don't you? They I do. Like, they, like a... they take baths. <laughs> okay. I clean them. Okay. Okay. Do you no. go for walks uh, with your kids? Y- yes, we walk. I I I walk sometimes on my own. It's very infrequent uh-huh. these days, but yeah. Okay. 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 Um, do you have like any, like a massage ball that you can squeeze or mm-hmm. anything like that, even an elastic band mm-hmm. that you can twirl around your fingers? Start with that. What am I doing with that? You're just, you're just <laughs> focusing. So you know can how- a fidget spinner work the same Fidget way? spinner? Nice. Yeah, okay. sure, man. Sure. Absolutely. Something, but, but the fidget spinner, you're fidgeting, you're doing this fidget spinner thing, Mm -hmm. but not anything else. Mm -hmm. You're just, you're spinning it and looking at it. Do you know what I mean? And you're focusing on that one thing. 
it's the one thing. I like the elastic band, like the thick elastic band, and you ra- you you basically you wrap it around both of your index fingers, mm-hmm. yep. and you just you you go in circles, and you can feel the elastic band going around your finger. Mm-hmm. So you start to zero in on the sensations. Get mm-hmm. really mindful, right? Right. Yeah. You go. So you're moving. You're moving, and your eyes are open, but you're focusing on one thing. You're focusing on maybe the speed in which you're going around in those circles that the fingers are going around each other. And maybe you're focusing on the sensation of the elastic band wrapping around your finger and sliding over your finger. Maybe your focus is the temperature in the room, mm-hmm. right? Things like that. If it's, it's a matter of being able to shut everything out. Now, here's the thing with meditation too, though, is that you can't expect your mind to turn off completely in meditation. That's not how our brains work. Right. Like anyone who, any meditation teacher, if you ever go to a meditation class or listen to guided meditation, those apps that you can download for yourself and they tell you to clear your mind and think of a hot air balloon or whatever, it's... It's bullshit. I think that's when I stopped trying to meditate. Yeah, because it doesn't work. <laughs> for for people today, and I'm not saying that it's invalid. I'm not saying that it doesn't work for, you know, it's it's completely useless. But I think for the most part, it's useless for most people because that's just not where we're at. We have so much sensory overload now. For us to completely turn things off altogether like a switch is so, so hard. And that would take, and we're talking like decades of practice mm-hmm. to achieve something like that. You know? Um, so, yeah, so what the mind chatter? So what your to-do list is running through your head? Fine, let it go. But the difference is meditation for me is an opportunity to listen. And so what I mean by that is if my mind is going a million miles a minute and I need to slow things down, I will perhaps sit in it and sit with my thoughts and let them race through my head. But my my promise to myself in that time that I'm taking to devote um, devote to meditation is not to solve any problems, not to so come just up with any solutions. Yeah, I'm not coming up with any solutions. I'm just hearing what's going on. And what's really interesting when you when you relieve yourself of that responsibility during a meditation practice, whether it be two minutes or thirty minutes, when you give yourself permission to relieve yourself of that of that responsibility, it's amazing what answers will come and solutions will come, and you're not even trying. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Do you meditate? I think I do, but not consciously. Mm. Like I don't, I don't think I set out to meditate, but I think I do. I think this happens to me a lot when I'm riding my motorcycle. There you go. Right? Yeah, and I that makes sense. Yeah, you get from A to B, and you forgot how you got there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a lot of the time. A <laughs> yeah. lot of the time, and I, and I get really mindful, and I zone into a lot of different sensations. Um, I turn off parts of my mind, and mm-hmm. I open up other parts. Yeah, yeah, I, I, but it, it only really happens when I'm when I'm riding. And again, it's not like I'm going to go ride and find myself, right? No, no, it's, no. It, it, it's a, it just happens. Yeah. That's, it, and that's the thing too, right? Like thing. another way that, you know, and for my husband too, we can, we're on the same, we're on the same level with this. We both fly fish and I haven't, I've only been fly fishing for about six years. I know it sounds, it sounds ridiculous. Not at all, does, man. Does, does, Brad Pitt fly yeah, fishes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> A river runs through. Yeah. Uh, yeah, as soon as you mention fly fishing, that movie comes up. Exactly. But <laughs> but what's what's really cool about that that 
sport is that it is hugely meditative hugely meditative because it takes so much concentration and you're in focus and there's nothing else that's going through your head because if it does you you fuck up your cast right mm-hmm. or you fuck up the opportunity to catch that fish mm-hmm. that you've been following for the last 15 minutes you know what i mean like it's it's one of those things and so there are many forms of meditation you don't have to be sitting on a meditation pillow with you know with yeah, your exactly. hands in a mudra and you know sitting up tall with the eyes closed and candles and incense no, and the way you're describing it i was thinking of different scenarios where i feel like have i done this have because have i ever just decided i'm going to consciously meditate like mark said no i i don't think i've ever just said i'm gonna go meditate Uh but have i meditate yes yeah and so some of the things i was thinking of so for example like when i need to slow down Uh um I'm a big fan of heat. Like I ah. don't complain when it's 40 degrees, when right. everybody else is like, oh, it's too fucking hot. Mark and I are both the same this way. We yeah. I we welcome heat. I yeah. have no problem with heat. So I can think of a lot of times where I will just literally go sit outside or like lay back in a lounger and just feel sun and go. heat. And I'm... I'm just focusing on like the feeling of yes. the heat and the yes. sun and I'm, nothing else I'm thinking of. There you go. The other thing I thought about, I may or may not have been under the influence of something when this happened, <laughs> but <laughs> when, you were talking, when you were talking about the elastic band, yes. I remember a very specific time laying in grass and mm. just suddenly being very aware of the feeling of the grass. And then I remember picking up this blade of grass and I was spinning it in my fingers. Ooh. And I was, yeah, I was just holding it between my fingers and I was feeling this grass and just spinning it between my fingers for, I don't know, it was maybe like 10 minutes. It wasn't like a crazy amount of no, time. That's a good amount of time. But then I remember I dropped it. And when I dropped it, it was like, oh, like spell I, was broken. Yeah, it was so bizarre. Yeah. I, I dropped this. And like I said, I may or may not have been under the influence yeah, of something when this enough, happened. I was like, oh, and I literally went searching for that same piece of grass. Yeah. Meanwhile, I was in a field of grass. Like I could have right. just picked, picked up any piece one. of grass, but I was like, there was something about that feeling of that grass. Right. And I was searching for it. And I was like, okay, I'm never going to find that grass uh-huh. again. Moment's over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, so the, there you go. Right. And so, so the, there are various ways to, to meditate. And then we have the practice of meditation where you just like the yoga practice where you unroll your mat and you devote that time to your yoga practice mm-hmm. or jujitsu or weightlifting or running. It's now take that, take those tools and take it to an actual intention to meditate. Because mm-hmm. we all have the tools to do it. We just freak out before we get there. Mm. And we've all done it in some form or another. Yeah. But now can we can we take that pause out of our day, especially for for those of us that are so busy and go, 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 especially when you're running your own business and you being a business entity in itself, Mm -hmm. whether it's two minutes, five minutes, whatever, it doesn't have to be 30 minutes. You don't even have to put a time limit on, on it. In fact, the best meditation sessions that I've had with myself is when I haven't put a time limit on it. When it literally, I opened my eyes and it felt like two minutes and I've been there for 45 and that those are sick sessions. Like those are amazing, amazing sessions where you just feel revived. It's like taking a power nap, but instead of taking a power nap, you're, you're letting yourself just pause and just focus on your breath. Even if it just means just let's feel your heartbeat. Maybe Mm -hmm. that's what you focus on just so that you can pause. It's like a reset. It's like a wiping the slate clean 
so that you can you can you can go forward with a clear mind. The more I'm listening to this, I'm feeling like this is actually right up your alley. I can totally like I'm surprised Ooh. you don't intentionally meditate, Mark. It's it, I'm I'm just saying that yeah, because no, um, it, 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 some uh, of the things that like for example, you you know how to intentionally slow, slow your heart, heart rate. I was thinking about that. Oh, cool. I've done meditative classes when I was at university and we were doing like a lot of biofeedback with it. Ah. So like you're using that heart rate to help control your heart rate even more, right? That type mm. of thing. So yeah, like I can bring my heart rate Actually, down pretty fun low. fact, when I used to get like anxiety at <laughs> night <laughs> because I would I would only start feeling anxious and having anxiety when there was nothing to be anxious right. about. Those yeah. are the times where it's yeah. like, and I would Me try too. to explain it to Mark. I'm like, I feel like I'm waiting for something, but like, yep. I don't know what I'm waiting. Like we would just be at home. It would be right before it's time to go to bed, mm -hmm. but I'm anxious. What am I anxious yep. about? I'm waiting for something. What are you waiting for? I don't know what I'm waiting for, but yeah. I was, I'd get really, really anxious and my heart rate would go crazy. And because he was so good at slowing his heart rate, he would be like, just come here. And he would just make me like press my chest into his chest yes. and he would slow his heart rate down to bring my heart rate oh, down. Oh, cool. Yeah, it was guys? really cool. Yeah. It was really cool. Yeah. Never did figure out, uh, it doesn't happen so much anymore, maybe because we have kids. So by the time it's bedtime, well, I'm really just kidding. We have babies. a king size bed now. But don't you kind of do that with babies to <laughs> calm yeah. them down? Yeah, yep. for sure. Right? Yep. So why wouldn't that work for an adult? Of course it would. Right? And I mean, this was pre-kids when this used to happen. Yeah, that's and, so uh, cool. And yeah, he would be able to slow my heart rate down. And then, like I said, it doesn't happen to me anymore, but I never really... I never really thought about how yeah. cool that was. You would be able to just bring me back down to normal. Yeah. But yeah, I never did figure out why I would get that way because it doesn't really happen anymore. Mm. But it was like multiple times a week at night. I was yeah. like, like I feel like so I'm waiting for something. Do you something. think it's more important for you to be able to figure that out? Or do you think it's more important for you to be able to manage it when it happens? What do you think is better for you? Hmm. That's a good question, eh? Since, it's, since I... I don't experience it anymore. I guess I hadn't really right. thought about it. Yeah. Do I care why it was happening? I feel like maybe there were circumstances in my life that yeah. I was not happy with, which obviously have changed. Yes. So I don't really, I don't really care if I know what was causing it. I think if it started up again, yeah, I'd want to know what, because sure. there's something that needs to change, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Should everyone meditate? Yes. 100%. Everyone can benefit. Everyone can benefit. I think it's a really good idea for kids to start meditating. If they haven't already. They do it they're, in school. Yeah. They're yeah. naturals at it. They're yeah. naturals at it. Kids, kids can, oh man, kids are amazing. They are so cool to watch, to watch them develop and watch them learn. And, but they're like, they're sponges and meditating is like a non-issue for kids because yeah. kids don't have the worries that we have. Uh, hopefully, right? They shouldn't. <laughs> they shouldn't, right? But for the most COVID's part, COVID's kind of fucking that up for some kids. Uh, for some kids, yeah. That's oh my god, that's another episode. Yeah. Um, well, well, we'll blame their parents on that. <laughs> well, they get yeah. it from somewhere. Well, this is true. This is true. And again, that's that's totally a full episode. But kids, kids have a natural. A natural abil ability to meditate because they they see pictures when they close their eyes. Mm -hmm. They make stories like their imaginations are so fantabulous. You know, our like oldest just... says to us when we put her to bed, um, she's not sleeping yet. She's not dreaming. She doesn't say I'm dreaming. She says I'm seeing my imagination. So it's funny oh, that you said that. Yeah. I'm seeing my imagination. See? 
and they do guided meditations in school as young love like, it. if starting in kindergarten. I love so it. So part of the homeschool when we were doing it, like um, in her Google Classroom, yeah, there was a tab for um, physical education, and then in that there was a sub tab that was guided relaxation. Love so it. you would have to do like one of the physical activities. Yeah, you'd have to do at least I think it was at least thirty minutes a day or yeah. thirty minutes every other day. I don't remember what it was, but you yeah. have to do that. And then once a week was the only requirement is at least once a week do one of the guided meditations. Nice. And it was like her favorite part. I even got her little sister who was only two at the time yeah. doing, I mean, doing it. She was kind of just laying there yeah, wondering yeah. what's happening, but she did it. <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. No, she's exposed to it right off the bat, right? Yeah, I thought like it was cool that they do that in school. Yeah. 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 And then something gets lost when we we lose that as we as we approach adulthood, you know, I think, you know, not only meditation, we need to play more. We need to not take ourselves so damn seriously. We need to give ourselves permission to, you know, not be in control of absolutely everything. You know, um, that's been a huge part of my recovery is letting shit go. Not my, not my circus, not my monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, it's, it's I like you know, that. like what, what can I take control of here? Not much right now. Yeah. So what can I take control of? My behavior, my reactions, how I treat other people. Um, That's what I can control. Mm-hmm. And after that, what people think of me, not my shit. Mm. How people see me, not my shit. Not my problem. It's not my problem to know what other people think of me. It's so freeing when you think like that. Right? That is fucking freeing. We literally just had this discussion very recently because I think it took me about eight years ago. I read something that said what other people think of you is none of your business. Right. And I agreed with it then, but I don't think I was practicing it. You know, I think I was still. I don't practice it all the time. (laughs) But it was just recently, like within the last few weeks, I said to Mark, do you know how awesome it is to not give a fuck what anybody thinks about you? And he's like, yeah, I do. What kind of question is that for me? What are you talking about? And I was like, but I don't think I ever really realized that until more recently when I was like, I don't care. Like, you don't like what I have to say. I don't care. You don't like how I look. Don't look at me. You don't like, I I don't care. No, that's why I'm open with my recovery. Because here's the thing about being open about my recovery is that maybe someone's listening to this podcast right now. It might help one person. Yeah. That's fucking cool. If that, if us having this discussion Mm -hmm. about recovery and meditation, if that helps just one person come out of that deep, dark shit that they're in and gives them a little bit of hope. Awesome. Yeah. Everybody else want to judge me right now? I don't care. I do not care because, because the, 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 the purpose of me doing this and the, the benefits that it'll have outweigh what people think of mm-hmm. me. And if people are going to think shit of me of being about being open about rec- my recovery, I don't want to know those people anyway. Yeah, I don't want I don't want them in no. my life anyway. Judgment's an interesting thing. I've I again something I've always known, but it didn't actually make sense to me until more recently. Is mm-hmm. most people who are being very judgmental, who have a lot to say. They hate themselves. It's, yep. it's something they hate about themselves. Like, why else do you have such a problem with I what other people are purpose. doing? Yep. 
it's uh-huh. something that you are not happy with with 100%. yourself. Because if you're completely happy and content with the way you're living and the way you do things, yeah. then what everybody else is doing doesn't matter to no. you. You're not watching what they're doing no. because you're focused on your own life. So, and again, I always knew this, but it's just more recently it's made sense because I've... Does I've, having this podcast help you with that? And you as well? Does Always. Talking about this thing is always... Talking about this stuff is always just good general, for me. Just being able to be like, fuck what anyone thinks. Yeah. yeah. It, it might be part of it because I know, and I've admitted it before, when we first started, I was afraid of all the negativity that was going to come because when you are putting yourself out there yep. and letting people hear your opinions and letting people hear... Like, mm-hmm. there's obviously going to be people who don't like you. Yeah. And I remember saying to Mark, like, am I okay with that? Like, am I okay with that? Mm-hmm. There's going to be people who like me, but there's going to be people who don't like me. Oh, yeah. And, and they'll let you know. Yes. And yeah. they do. Yes. And <laughs> oh, trust me, I know who doesn't like me. And in the beginning, it used to make, again, it used to make me anxious. Sure. Like we'd be, you know, laying in bed and we'd be talking about an episode and I would even say to him, I'm like, I can't listen to it. I can't talk about it right now because all I'm thinking about is when I said this, I know there's going to be people yep. who read it this way, even though my intent was this way. And it got to a point where I was like, you know what though? I know what my intent is. Yep. And people who really know me also like understand what I'm trying to say. And if you don't understand and you're going to hate me for one comment, you're right. I probably don't want to know you anyway. Exactly. So, it's fine. So yeah, the podcast definitely, definitely was a help. But um, I have a lot of people that like to give advice. I mean, everybody has that, right? Oh, You've got sure. people around you that want to tell you how to live and tell you what to do. And yeah. And I used if to you only did it, this, it would be better. Right. Yeah. And I used to hear it <laughs> and immediately get defensive. Yeah. And after so long, I realized like, why am I getting defensive? Why do I feel any need to justify uh-huh. the way that I'm living the maybe way that, that I'm also, raising my kid, the way that, yeah. Maybe and that also comes with just getting older. Yeah. Like, maybe. I don't give a shit what anyone says anymore. And I can't stand it when someone tries to tell me how to do something or live my life. I'm like, I'm a fucking 45 year old man. Shut up. <laughs> you know what I mean, if I want to do it this it, way, guess what? I want to do it this way. Do yeah. you know what I mean? And whatever you're suggesting to me, just guess what? I thought about it already and I dismissed it. That's how meaningless whatever you're saying is. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know yeah. What I mean? yeah. I think but, it does come with age too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think that's what it is too and i think um you know as we get over 40 it it magnifies and then i heard it gets even better when you hit 50 i can't wait to turn 50 i haven't hit 40 yet but i remember it's awesome i remember very distinctly when i first started i was at rmt i was in my late 20s and i um i was renting a clinic space from a chiropractor and i think she had just turned four or she was just turning 40 that year or something and uh, her and I were really close and we would we would go for lunch dates like multiple times a week and I remember sitting in a sushi restaurant with her one time and she was like 40 is the fucking best. Oh, like, yeah. just literally came out of nowhere. I was like, what? She's like, it's literally the best time in your life. She's like, when you're in your 20s, you're young, you're stupid, you have no idea what you're doing, and you make tons of mistakes, which is fine because you're yes. learning. She's like, and then in your 30s, you're broke. You're still trying to get your <laughs> career going. You know, if, if you're going to have kids, that's when you're having kids and you know, you're not sleeping and, yeah. you know, you've, you're fighting with your spouse and blah, blah, blah. blah. Like, thir- she's like, 30s are a disaster. She's yep. like, and then you get to 40. Your kids are a little older. You've established yourself a little more. You're a little more financially secure, you know. And I was like, wow. 
like I wasn't even 30 at this point, right? And I was uh, like, wow, interesting. <laughs> and then I got into my 30s and everything is a fucking mess. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. it's fine though. Because I'm getting you hit 40, you've settled into yourself so much yeah. and you've accepted all the things that, you know, you might have had some sort of issue with before or you've resolved those types of things. Like you're just so you're just so at peace with yourself that it doesn't fucking matter anymore. Well, yeah. Like I said, I'm not quite at 40 yet, but I feel like because I'm getting closer and closer, I'm like, yeah. okay, I'm starting to understand this a little more, like being much more comfortable and not, not worrying about what people think. Yeah. yeah. That just made my life so much better. We even oh, had yeah. this discussion the other night, uh, just joking around about stuff. I was like, you know what? And I feel like being an old dude is even better. Yeah. No offense, but because like- <laughs> It is, we were saying something yeah. I can't remember what and I was like I, I would never feel any sort of jealousy or any sort of ways about some young kid like that, that <laughs> shit I, I will you tell her you can be a 33 year old dude and life's going great for you and everything's going and it doesn't threaten me yeah. one. I, feel I, I will tell her the context of this though because you will you will agree with this this was so funny not threatened we, by you, we had put on it was some sort of like Netflix show or something but it was basically about a bunch of middle-aged women like cougars essentially like going after like young hot guys okay and mark said like exactly that he's like i would never be jealous of a young guy and i'm like no you wouldn't and here's why i said there is not a single woman my age that wants anything to do with a 25 year old because they're fucking idiots (laughs) yeah i said however you 45 year old disgusting men you want the hot 25 year old so i said so yeah women sometimes feel a little more intimidated by the young hot girl chris Chris rock said it best (laughs) if you've never seen chris rock's latest netflix whatever it is series or whatever he's like no fucking 45 year old woman wants to ride she just wants to <laughs> lay on her back she ain't getting on top but seriously like <laughs> as a woman in your 30s or 40s do you have any interest in like the young 20 year old like the no you know, that wants to go out and party and like the bro no i have no, no interest in that guy no and most women have no and i said this show is specifically women who are divorced and just want a plaything yeah, for a weird. little while. So I was yeah, like, that's, that's, that's different. That's I, different. So yeah, you 45-year-old man don't have to feel intimidated by the 25-year-old dude because you know he's not competition for you because none yeah. of us are looking uh-uh. at him because he's an idiot. No, no offense, 25-year-old <laughs> dudes, but you're yeah. idiots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's, a, it's something for something short and sweet. And yeah. That's it. And yeah. that's it. Yeah. But yeah. see, because men somehow get better with age, then the young girls start going after you. I'm like, man, it's not fair. Young guys are not going after us, but young girls are going after you. Well, no, I think, okay, now we're getting into another discussion. Let's see. Um, I think that perhaps, perhaps that some men, we're not complicated when we get older, but we were less tolerant. So even though we have this thing when we, when we go as women, as we approach for not approach 40 but approach 50 so being in our 40s even though there is this you know this thing that we have where you know we don't give a fuck about what anybody else says and you know we have less judgment things like that because we don't have it's almost like we have less patience though right less patience Mm. and tolerance for any bullshit so it's like tell me like it is don't sugarcoat it don't lie to me all of that will not be tolerated. So if any of that is going on, if any of that is in your cu- curriculum, in your brain, mm-hmm. I will have nothing to do Us with it. millennials call that setting boundaries. Right. <laughs> <laughs> is that what that's called now? <laughs> 
Oh, no, that I'm is. kidding. I'm kidding. No, but that, yeah, but do you see what I'm saying? Like yeah. we, we have, we have no problem setting our boundaries. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm not saying that men can't handle that. That's not what I'm saying. But do they want to? The yeah. single men are. We, we become less agreeable as we We're get older. Exactly. <laughs> we are not agreeable. We know what we want. And yep. those of us who are successful are really not agreeable. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, Jordan Peterson, I don't know if you know if you ever watch anything that he says. Mm-hmm. And if you if you follow him at all, um, some people either really love him or lo- really, really hate him. But he says successful women are successful because they're not agreeable. That's he's why. interesting, whether you love him or hate him. I know. Yeah, he's interesting. But anyways, so that's the thing. So younger, because I know what I was like at 25 years old. I was very agreeable because I just wanted to make everybody happy. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to be loved and I wanted to be liked and I wanted to be popular. It didn't matter what I said or what I did. And that's of no fault, but of my own, right? That is totally my fault how I conducted myself. But I know that I was way more agreeable at 25 than I am at 46. For sure. I used to think it was a compliment when people would tell me that I was a chameleon. You can get along right? with everyone. Yes. But I took it as a compliment. Yes, me too. Because, yeah, I was very extra. I mean, I am. I shouldn't say was. I'm, I'm an extroverted person. I can sure. go out and I can... And I still say that I can get along with people, but it's because I can I can figure out a way to relate to people I, without changing who I am. But uh-huh. when I was in my twenties, maybe you know, I was when you were more in your twenties. When you were in your twenties, and when you were in your twenties, being cool was a certain thing, and being cool was a, there was a certain way to be, and that you were popular and cool. Kids now. The weirdest shit is popular and cool. I know, like, that's true. What would have been a band geek in in my high school days is like, fucking cool now. It right? is. How do you yeah. know that, old man? I'm, I'm just, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I, because I've seen people's TikToks. <laughs> I don't even understand TikTok. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I, I have no I idea. I have no idea. But yeah, I think that's happening. a big part of it too, though. Like what was not cool before is uh, there's. I don't think there's rules for fucking kids in terms of what's yeah, cool, what's not cool. it's very different than when we it's were growing up. That's for sure. I hope it's different because- I was such a smart kid. People walk in this room right now. I know we're so when we were kids. Oh god! But it's true though, right? It's so different than I mean, what kids have to contend with these days. Like we did not have any of the stuff that they're dealing with right now. Yeah, none of it. You know, bullying. It was confined to the schoolyard. Right. Right. That's I not anymore. Not anymore. And that usually ended in fisticuffs at some point. Right, exactly. And it resolved itself out of a physical altercation. (laughs) That's usually how it happened and the principal would get involved. Exactly. You know? And that would be it. You know, but it's not like that anymore. I just can't imagine being a kid right now. I I don't I do not envy them. No. Mm -mm. Mm-mm. This episode took quite a few twists and twists. I was, gonna, I was that just thinking that I'm like, do we even it. talk about massage therapy? <laughs> this is all. This is all massage therapy. This is, is all, all massage therapy. therapy. When I was in London and and uh, this guy, this uh, massage therapist, taking a bunch of courses with us before. His name's Ross, and he went down a whole path with his life, and it was really interesting. And I was like, I just kind of said the same thing. I'm like, sorry, man, we can get back to massage with it if you want. He's like, this is all massage therapy. Yeah, man. no, totally. It's about people and absolutely people. Absolutely, one hundred. So before we turned on the mics, we were talking about, and again, we don't want to talk about COVID so much because it's just saturated. Yeah. But you had said that you might possibly consider leaving the profession if things don't improve. Yeah. What would you do? Where would you go? Have you you done those meditations yet? Oh, yeah. Is it because? Tell me why you'd want to leave. Okay. Let's start there. Here, okay, so there's, I mean, I love, I love, love, love what I do. Okay. Um, there's no doubt about that. Um, 
I have to think about, well, first of all, okay, so there's this, there's many factors I have to consider here because first of all, having my studio for five years, that's a new business, right? Mm -hmm. Closing down was not in the plans. It so wasn't in the plans. Our plans were to go for another five years and sell it at the end of 10 years. That was that was my actual business plan. I made out a proper business plan before I started all this. Mm-hmm. Then COVID happened. Because of COVID, we lost a lot of money. Right. Everything that we invested into the studio to get it started, we haven't paid off. Okay. So there's, you know, and we started to dip into our savings mm. to pay rent gotcha. for the rent that we were owed. Mm-hmm. On top of that, in the last five years, everything that was made in the studio, I never took home a penny. I haven't paid myself in five years, mm-hmm. including the, all the thousands of treatments that I've done Wow! in the last five years. So my husband has been supporting the two of us solely for the last five years. Mm-hmm. Every penny that was made from the studio was either paid back to rent, paid utilities, paid my teachers because I had a staff. I have 14 teachers, you know. Um, so everything went back, right back into the studio. I never saw a penny. So there's that. So we've gone five years without me not making one bit of income, nothing. Mm. So now we're at a point where, okay, so how sustainable is this going to be? And so, you know, I've done the math, I've sat down with it. And because I don't have now a physical space to work out of, which would make it so much easier if I had one, even two treatment rooms anywhere, Mm -hmm. right? I could manage that and I could, no problem, all day, just like you guys, just keep people come in. And yes, it's maybe not going to be as productive as, as, as it would have been pre-COVID, like, you know, I could really, you know, utilize my time and maximize my time that I had, my my clinic time. In five hours, I could see between 10 and 12 patients because of my acupuncture, like I was saying to you before. Now, I can't do that. So, for me to go to another clinic, take a split, take the time to travel, and then not be as productive in a five-hour span, maybe see three or four people, is that sustainable for me? No, it's not. Mm -hmm. If it was my own space, absolutely, 100%, I would still be going strong, for sure. Mm. But it's not for me right now. It's not for for me to do that. you know, and and here's the thing: if I was new, if I was a new RMT, fresh out of school, whatever, I'd work. I'd take whatever I could. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I've been doing this for 13 years, and I think I mean, again, am I being a principessa? I don't know. Maybe <laughs> you know. Um, but I want to be able to to still have that choice of who I treat, where I treat. Yeah. Yeah. Sense. And wh- how I treat. You know. Um. I'm not going to work in a spa. I'm not going to do that. It's No, I never have and I I never will. That's not the environment that I want to be in. Some people want to be in that environment. I respect that. Absolutely. Everyone has their own choices, but that's not the choice that I want to make. The one thing that I've considered is keeping my registration so that I can be there for my clients that have been with me since the very beginning. Because I do have, like yourself, Amanda, where I have a solid client base, right? So can I see them at their home? 
Probably. I can probably start to do that. Um, is everybody comfortable with that? Nope. So I've really been tossing back and forth. Like at one point I was like, that's it. I'm not going to renew. That's it. It's over. My massage therapy career is over. It's time to pivot and do something new. I am doing something new as well in the event that I won't. And I mean, and here's the thing, the pivot that I'm taking now has just come a little bit early because again, because of COVID, it was something that I was planning on doing eventually anyways, because I knew that I wasn't going to be an RMT forever, but I don't want to stop working either. I like to work. I like to Mm. feel like I'm contributing and I like to feel productive. Um, that's a little bit of a secret right now. Actually, no, it's not a secret. I'm getting my real estate license. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice, nice. I know a lot of RMTs that have their real estate license. I know a lot of yeah. yoga teachers yeah, that have their sure. real estate license, right? So, and it's the, and, and again, you know, and I said to my husband, I'm like, oh, being a real estate agent, am I helping people while I still be helping people? He's like, fuck, yeah, of course you are. Like, people need houses. Totally, <laughs> totally. So it's one of those things where I was planning on doing eventually down the road, anyways. But it's just been accelerated, Mm. right? So now it's like, you know, I've been flipping back and forth. Do I let my RMT designation go completely? No. Or do I keep it? Yes. And and (laughs) hold it for those people that, like, I have these, my client base is so fucking awesome. They participate in their wellness. They take an active role and they come to me. I'm their accessory. See, you don't want to, you don't want to not treat. Yeah, I know. I, that's the thing. When I talk about it, I'm like, I yeah. love it so much. I do. I do. Especially like those patients that, that I've been able in that patient base that I've been able to cultivate where it's literally, it's a team effort. Mm-hmm. You know, like when someone is texting you saying, you know, I tried this and it was really cool. It totally worked. I feel amazing. And I got to show you when I want to see you next. You know, like, it's just like, that's, that's awesome. It's very rewarding. Right. I don't think I can ever let that go. Yeah. I think you just need, maybe you just need a place and you just need to be a solo act for a little bit. Maybe you just need to downscale what you're doing. Don't yeah. have a bunch of other people working for you. And, no, like, I'm not going to that like again. we had we had we had we have a friend who is a personal trainer uh-huh. and she did something similar she had a studio she was doing classes she hired a whole bunch of trainers to do right. classes and personal training she also wasn't paying herself and she wasn't paying herself see and then something like this happens and i was like the, the whole time she was even doing this i was like uh, this is not sitting right with me like i understand mm. like but we're, we're at a point right now where you're really not growing and everyone is getting paid but you. Yeah. So all you're doing is being the the money source for your staff yep. right now. And so like maybe we need to reconsider, you know, the business model here. And so I think this may be the same idea. Yeah. No, I think so. I think so. And I mean, I can do, I mean, obviously it's not like I can't do you know, I can only choose one thing. It's not like that, right? That's not how. That's the beauty that's of the being beauty. Yeah, man. You yeah. can treat a couple days a week. You can treat a couple hours a day. Like exactly. you can decide what you want to do, yeah. and then you can do your real estate yeah. thing. You can do your yoga thing. You can do your Pilates. Sure. Thing. You yeah. Do all the things. I can do all the things. Yeah, because uh, all of it makes me happy. That's the thing. I love to do it, and I'm damn good at it. I. Then you should not stop. Yeah. All right, decision made. Thanks, yeah, guys. Yeah, especially because, like, I mean, the, pr- the look at us. We did something today. <laughs> the cost, the cost of keeping your membership isn't all that high. You work a couple days and you see a couple people and you paid for it. Right? Yeah. yeah. The only thing that you'd have to really kind of consider is, am I going to be treating enough people to to maintain my minimum number of hours? But that's a three year cycle, and if you've had killer years before, then yeah. it doesn't really make a difference. <laughs> it's yeah. a no brainer. Yeah. Keep it. Okay. <laughs> I mean, do it. <laughs>
Do it. Do it. Yeah. Done. <laughs> I dig it. Anything else before we wrap up tonight? I don't know. I feel I can. You've got a good spirit, man. I can talk to Aww. you all night. We could, we could just sit here I feel and like talk we're old friends. Yeah, for real. Well, I mean, we, we did just right. do this like a week ago, right? No, I know. <laughs> no, but that was the first time we actually talked yeah, together. Yeah, it was funny. This was one of the first times that somebody has come in here and I didn't like get up and introduce myself. You walked in. And I was like, hey, come on in. Yeah, I, that <laughs> we're was back here. totally. Wasn't it like that? It was exactly I like in, that. It was like I was just I coming normally to your house. get up and all yeah. formally go over like, yeah. hi, nice to meet you. I'm Amanda. You literally lean back in your chair. I'm like, hey, hey come in. <laughs> How long have you been doing your podcast for? And what made you get into that? Maybe, maybe this, you know, oh, and that way question. you can plug okay. your podcast okay. and stuff too. Okay. Um, I started doing my podcast. Well, when did I launch it? Not this past February, the February before. So it's been about a year and a half cool. that I'm doing it. Um, I started doing my podcast and online stuff almost three years ago now because it was that that idea of diversifying myself. I'm not going to have the studio forever. I knew that. I knew that. I thought it was going to be 10 years or five years from now, yeah. right? Not now, but I needed to diversify my business right off the bat. And the po- and the, the podcast was a way for exposure and meeting people and networking and things like that. So I was reaching out to everybody, mm. everybody. Hey, you want to be on my podcast? Most people said yes. I know. We yeah. just had, was it with you that we had this conversation or was it with that? No, it wasn't. I don't think it was with me. So we, we, we were just talking about, week. yeah, we, yeah, we've, <laughs> we've been uh, meeting with a lot of different podcasts nice. and we had, um, Heather and Nicole from the massage therapy podcast uh-huh. come here, uh, probably, a week ago, two weeks ago. I don't even remember now. But they came in because they wanted to interview us for their podcast. Cool. So you interviewed us. They right. wanted to interview. We basically told the same stories like two days <laughs> yeah, in a row. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. um, and we were talking about how funny it is when you call someone and you're like, so I have this podcast. You want to be on it? No questions asked. People are like, yeah, sure. Like, I know. It's creepy. What? Like, do you even know what I stand for? I know. No, it's true. I've only had like maybe two people in the year and a half that I've been doing it, two people say no. Did that hurt when they said no? The first person that said no, my first reaction was like, who do you think you are? <laughs> but seriously, that was my first reaction. I was like, fine. When I make it big, don't come begging. You know what I mean? Like, I was just like, I was like. That's true, though. I've had I've had those right? moments where I've, I've reached out to people that are friends of mine. I'm right? like, come on our podcast. You're going to get so much exposure from it. I'm you giving this, you a platform. I'm giving you a platform and they and they reject it. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm going to ask one more time yep. next week. And then I ask it again next week. Same thing. I'm like, I'm going to ask one more time. And then it, it gets to a point and where that's like, it. fuck it. You've lost your opportunity. Yep, now. That's it. Yeah, Sorry, sure. buddy. Yeah. No. And then the second one that that said no, they actually didn't even say no. They just ghosted me. But it was like a celebrity. So it was it was freaking Russell Brand. What is, you know, like, <laughs> I asked Russell Brand, you know what, why though? the fuck not? Why not? Of you course. don't know until you ask. You don't know until you ask. So That's I, making moves. You fucking doing shit. You have yeah. to you ask. Have to. I follow, um, there's these two Toronto-based moms, Kat and Nat. They, yeah, I know. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I started following them when they weren't like as huge as they are. I right. mean, they're huge now. Yes, they are. And, um, before they started their podcast, we we actually started our podcast before they did. And so I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to see if they would want to come on and talk because like there's so many things to talk about with parents and moms yep. and what I was like, let me see. And so I sent a message to them. And probably two weeks later, I get a response back from like their people like, right. oh, they're really busy. So this was in like probably January. And it was like, they're hmm. really busy. Try back in September. And I was like, Pfft. 
fuck that. You can't take an hour out of your day. Try back yeah. in September. Yeah. Oh, you're that fucked like, up. It's okay. January. Yeah. yeah. All we've, right. We've been rejected from people that I really wanted, like, like the 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 new executive director from the RMTAO. I right. You know, we we. We had like you know a little bit of a just a very polite back and forth on okay. LinkedIn, and then and then I hit him up with the question, "Hey, would yeah. you like to be on our podcast?" Yeah. Um, Andrew was on before, and then ghosted me, like mm. not even a response. <laughs> yeah, no, it happens, it happens, and but again, you don't know until you ask. But oh, that's for sure. why I did the podcast, right? It's, nice. You know, it gives like you a it. little bit of cred. Yeah, for sure. Right, it gives you exposure. Yeah. Um. And, and it's, and it worked, especially, you know, like it, it really worked, especially when I started having like more like in the yoga community anyways, when I had people like Jules Mitchell, I mean, she is, you know, she is highly respected in the yoga community. She's written, you know, she's written a book. She's, you know, she's had done courses online. She travels all over the world. I asked her, Hey, want to be on my podcast? Sure. Name the date and time. I'll be there. Awesome. Yeah. I was that's, like, that's holy a, that's shit. A nice feeling when that right. Happens. So when I had her on my podcast, all of a sudden it was like, oh, who's, who's Izzy? Who's, you know, what's, what's she about? And, you know, so that's why I did the podcast. And it was, again, it was kind of trying to kind of to get that exposure and cred to give more, um, credibility to my online courses and the education mm. side of my business that I offer. And that's yeah, the and online that's pretty part. pretty much what we did. It was See? just, yeah. Yeah. Let's, it, let's give you got to yeah, put yourself out there. And let's just do diversify. more and let people get to know us. What if you break your arm as an RMT? What if you break your arm and you can't practice? You got to have a fucking backup. Good news. I can still talk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but for real, right? Yeah, for like you have, you guys have your courses. Yeah. Right. So you have, there has to be a backup. Doesn't matter what business you're running. I think we need as especially when you're treating yourself as a business entity, you have to be be able and open to and and open to diversifying yourself. Yep. And yeah. you need an exit strategy. I like how you Absolutely. had one. You had a 10-year exit strategy and yep. an exit strategy is not a bad thing. It's not prepping for failure. No. It, not at all. But I think a lot of people see it that way, right? right? And therefore, they were very reluctant about the idea of an exit right. you strategy. You can't put all your eggs in one basket. You cannot. No. You cannot because what if something like this happens? It did. And a lot of people fucking found themselves in yeah. Shit's Creek. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, so did I panic? No, I didn't panic. I was like, oh shit. Okay. Everything that I had planned for my online courses, all the curriculum, everything that I had planned is done. Let's launch it. Let's do it. Yep. Done. Hmm. I made a few grand in the first month that we were shut down. It's the most money I've made in the last five years. Did you feel guilty when that happened? Being everyone, everyone in your world is shut down. And you just made a couple. No, no, I'm not going to feel guilty for taking action and taking responsibility for my life. I'm not. I mean, I had two choices. I could either roll up, roll up in a fetal position and Mm -hmm. feel sorry for myself, Mm -hmm. you know, or, or I can do something about it. Yeah. Done. Done. I dig it. And yes, I feel for people that are having a rough time right now. That's it's it's shitty, man. It's shitty. But I'm talking specifically about those in the yoga community and in the wellness community. Dude, I mean, if that's all you were relying on, sorry, man. Like that's shitty. 
But yeah, it's true. Yeah, you know, and, and if the you thing don't is, diversify, at least fucking oil your machine better than right. it's oiled right fucking now. Exactly, exactly. And then what's really cool is I've seen some, I've seen some people. Again, it's you know, social media is an, is an incredible thing. I've seen some people evolve into these amazing machines, where they, those people who their studios shut down, they had nowhere to teach. They they've lost everything. They've lost their venue. They've lost absolutely everything they're in-person live students now what the fuck are they going to do a lot of them i've seen them take action immediately and it was amazing it was amazing they didn't pivot necessarily and completely change their business model but they took action Mm -hmm. right so and it takes it takes something deep inside to do that Mm -hmm. that takes like getting rid of all fear because it's scary as shit because you're probably going to fail at some point. That's that's grit. That's grit. Yeah, that's yeah. the word for it. Because you're probably going to fail, and that's okay. So what? Yeah. You pick yourself up, you dust yourself off, you keep going. Yeah. Egg on the face. That's washes it. off. That's yep. okay. What's the alternative? Yep. Fetal position. Fetal <laughs> position. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's a, a good place to finish off, except mm-hmm. since we've now outed yeah. that you have a podcast and this and that, and you're very yeah. open to being who you are. Yes. Why don't you let people know how to find you, where your podcast cool. Thank is, you. what it's called? Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So you can find me on Instagram. It's my full name, Isadora, I-S-I-D-O-R-A underscore Romantini. Um, you just plug in that, my first name, and I'll come up because there aren't very many Isadoras. Um, so it's at Isadora underscore Romantini. That's me on Instagram. That's a really great way to, to find me. Um, my online school is Modern Yoga Method. And that is, um, I have the separate school on Teachable, but I also have the website where there's links there. So it's modernyogamethod.com. Uh, my podcast is also on, um, it's on a link in my Instagram and on my website. The podcast is called Bent Over Wellness. Um, it's kind of cheeky, but uh, I, dig it. I, I, I chuckled when Mark first told me. He's like, "So it. we're going on this this um, podcast," and he actually didn't tell me the name of it. He just told me your name. Yeah. So you were in our calendar as Isadora. Yeah. Right. And then after the uh, the episode came out, he he sent it to me so I could listen to it. And I said, "Wait a second. I'm like, what's her podcast called?" He said, "Bent Over Wellness." Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, real quick, the story behind that, how yeah, that sure. that name came up. Okay, so we have really good friends, and they're they're totally cheeky he's he's got the, this couple he's got a mouth on him he just says shit for shock value sometimes so he we were up at a, like a weekend away a couple years ago up in at blue mountain the four of us and when he when he cracks open the booze he goes like balls to walls <laughs> with it right he's and he's a fun he's i mean he's a fun drunk right but anyways he, he doesn't have a problem but he's it's, it's hilarious anyways so we're all in our hotel room getting ready actually i think we came back from dinner or whatever and he's like he's half in the bag he's like so i hear you want to do a podcast and i'm like <laughs> yeah man i told him but i'm having a really hard time with the name he's like you know you should fucking call it Bent over wellness. <laughs> and then you did. And I'm like, well, and then I was like, dude, I'm like, that is the, like the crudest name ever coming from this guy, Jared, who says the crudest things again, just for shock value. A few days went by and I looked at my husband and I said, you know what? Actually, it's not that's bad. not a bad idea. It's not, yeah. not a bad idea. And there you go. I mean, you're a, you're a yogi. So yeah. Hey, man. Bent over wellness. Well, and then there's that expression, get bent. Like, you know, like. 
hey man yeah it could work so I i'm up it. with it i, I like, totally it. like it the end <laughs> but i'm a weirdo but i like it <laughs> i'm married to a weirdo yeah, yeah. that's okay. my uh, association that's all right. nice. well this has been fun thanks yeah this for, has been thanks great thanks by. guys right on thank you so much for having me this is really cool i feel uh i feel very honored to be here thank you cool you guys have been listening to two massage therapists and a microphone Peace. <laughs>